0: Happy Friday, everyone. It's Game Face, episode 1010 on Sifted Games. 1010? 1010. 110. 1,010 of these? How (laughs) long have we been here? I'll tell you what, this time... Next week, I'm going to be asking myself that, how long have I been here. <laughs> uh, remember this
1: clip from when we do a thousand and ten.
0: <laughs> I think that's highly unlikely that I will remember this clip then. I can remember clips from like, episodes, like 30 episodes ago. But uh, welcome. We're here to talk to you guys about the biggest news in gaming for the week and some stuff that may not quite be the biggest news because this was a really
1: slow week in video games. Yeah, we seem to have burned our, uh, our, our fuel for the, for the fall a little bit so far. Well, we were talking Is about... Big coming? Xenoblade, I guess. Xenoblade
0: Chronicles 2, that's it. That's wow. really the last big game of the year. and I, I guess think,
1: that's good. They're kind of spreading releases out across the year a little better, maybe. Yeah,
0: well, 2017 kind of blew its load early. Right. I mean, it was an amazing first, like, six months. Yeah,
1: a lot of stuff that was supposed to be holiday 2016 right. ended up in there.
0: Right. And uh, here we are. I mean, it's really weird to be in the middle of November, Black Friday coming up mm-hmm. next Friday, and not have a lot of games to really talk about. It's kind of crazy. Uh, it's different. It's not been this way for... Well, it's a good
1: thing the one that did come out has a lot of ground to cover. We, Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, we're going to dive deep on Star Wars Battlefront 2 today. Don't you worry about that. There are so
1: many angles to talk oh, about it with could, this. it could be days. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> wow they, they 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 certainly i mean that's the thing is like battlefront 2 could have been just like yeah it's a lot like the first one it's a cool great star wars that but probably don't nope, that is that is not what happened
0: <laughs> so we are yeah yeah we'll be talking about that i also want to give you a heads up that there will not be a game face next week uh in lieu of game face i will be here live streaming a patreon push for at least 12 hours we'll see how it goes uh, the plan right now is to start around noonish Pacific time, which would be 3 p.m. Eastern time, um, and go to at least midnight, and then we'll see how I feel at midnight and uh, see how farther I push it past that. But, yeah, so all day next Friday on Black Friday, I'll be right here streaming all the latest games, all the big games, uh, and maybe I'll get back to some Dark Souls as well. We'll mm. see. see how glutton for punishment I am. I'll say one thing, though. The, the section that, where I played Dark Souls... If you go back and look at kind of the record of our Patreon, that is when we
1: generated the most mm-hmm. new patrons. Well, because it's the most entertaining. Yeah, because I guess. You, or man, maybe people I almost, just felt bad my, for me. I almost got in my car and drove over here because you were <laughs> fucking up so bad. Like it was just—I was driving me crazy. Like I, and that's—I mean, look, man. There's all there's people that base their entire streams on that. Shit, I know, you know, I know. It's like it's like watching someone play a game badly is like the most riveting and annoying thing in yeah. the world. It all depends and, on your perspective. And yeah. it's, like, it's it's it's. I think it's cathartic. Yeah. I think there's some mental good to be derived from I that. I need
0: some catharsis after playing right. that game.
1: <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, no, I think that's a winner. I think that's a ratings. Ratings gold, Bonanza. Jerry. Yeah.
0: So anyway, next Friday, Black Friday, I will be here uh, live streaming all day. I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to be online surfing for deals, trying to get uh, the best deals you can on whatever it is you're looking for. Uh, worst case scenario, you can always put us on in the background while you do that, yeah. so... Watch it, watch it on your phone while you're, uh, in line at Best Buy or something. Yep, yep. We're coming down the home stretch here. Only a few more episodes left in, uh, 2017 for Game Face. Yep. And one of those obviously will be our, uh, Game of the Year award show that we do every year. Uh, so really just a couple regular Game Faces left for 2017, but, uh, we have a good show for you today, even though the topics are not that... I think we only have five or six topics today, which is short for Game Face, so, uh, Let's do it. Let's Mm -hmm. get on with it. We're going to talk first about Cyberpunk 2077. Some people may not even know what this game is, Matt. Um, Some people
1: might be really sick of waiting for it already. Yeah, yeah. Even though we're, what, probably three, four years out, I would say?
0: Yeah. I mean, the debut trailer launched in 2013. Mm -hmm. And I know that because... Sifted launched after that. And every once in yeah. a while, I come across stuff that should be on the site that isn't. And like concept art and stuff
1: was being put out before in 2012. Right. Because I remember I was I was still at G4 when we first saw like the early, early pictures.
0: Yeah, this, this video you're watching right now came out in 2013. And I realized we did not have it on the website. So mm. I, I added it to the website. I went back and looked. And yes, it was released. Not even that. I think it was like January 2013. Yeah. Uh, when this was shown, and we have got nothing since. This is the only piece of media. Yeah, they decided for to focus this on
1: Witcher 3. And yeah, like... there's a
0: couple of screenshots out there, but they're not really screenshots, they're like art stills. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is all we've got of this game so far. And for those of you who don't know, it's the next game from CD Projekt Red, the team behind The Witcher and the Witcher 3. They finally wrapped up Witcher development. We've been hearing all kinds of stuff coming out of mm-hmm. Pro- CD Project Red over the last like, year and a half. Lots of employee turnover. Yeah, like, lots of disgruntled employees saying that it's like it's a, sweatshop a work camp. And, and, yeah. and, Which, and then like, they when came you, out when and double down.
1: Uh, yeah, when you play Witcher 3, you can kind of see how that might be a yeah. scenario. I mean, that, that game is crazy detailed, crazy huge. <laughs> and when then you, usually when stuff like this
0: happens, like the publisher will
1: say... We're sorry, we're
0: working on better work life. No. CD Projekt Red was like, that's the way it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, you can get out if you want to work on a like, game. Greg, but
1: developers shouldn't have to work. So, and like, it's just their
0: fate. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <just> yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> you're like,
0: okay. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, they basically said, like, look, you know, working on this game is going to be a huge yeah. resume builder for you and stick it out till the game's done and then move on and work someplace else where it's nicer, basically. I mean, that's
1: kind of also the Naughty Dog model. It
0: is. You know? You're like, right. Yeah, it's kind of the same deal. Uh, you get The same stories come out of Naughty Dog. People yeah. working, like, crazy hours, burning yeah. out. You get
1: one project on your resume and then you can go and basically pick your battle.
0: And, and Naughty Dog puts out all these recruiting videos and... Uh, you can see it in their eyes because they, <laughs> they talk to their employees and you just see this
1: dead, hollow look in their eyes. You're like, oh, man, I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> like you're waiting for, like, if you forget to, like, cut the clip and they just sort of crawl back under their desk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Roll out their sleeping <laughs> bag and just kind of curl up.
0: That's what you're getting. And it sounds like CD Projekt Red is kind of the same way. And you're right. Looking at games like The Witcher, it's easy to understand why. Mm. Uh, just huge, sprawling games with just tons and tons of content and still managing to kind of keep that... Triple-A edge to all of it. That's no easy
1: task, um,
0: you would think they might staff up a little bit though after all the success yeah. that they've had Maybe you think
1: they could do it. Yeah, uh, and I mean, you know, we don't know where cyberpunk is in the development process Like you probably aren't in super staff up mode yet. Yeah. Like, probably, like it should out. Be. Well, because like, you don't really need that until you're really creating yeah. everything all right. the assets and getting all that in place like the, the structure has to be there first and it feels like it's so far out it might not be at that point yet. But given yeah. how much content Witcher 3 had and maybe how much this will probably have, you've got to be getting close. Yeah. Well, anyway,
0: the reason we're really talking about Cyberpunk 2077 is because this week it came out that it is... Maybe we're inferring a little bit here, but I it think, ba- I think we are. But CD Projekt Red said is going to have online services to extend its yeah. life. And so when I hear that, the, flag, the red flags start going off in mm-hmm. my mind, and it's like, that's a game as a service.
1: I, I, To me, that makes me think, like, because um, I can't see CD Projekt Red leaving the comfort zone of the giant single-player RPG, because that's what they do. But I could see it becoming, if this is a more action-oriented, shooting-oriented title, which, which it appears it to probably be, because, is, because if you look at the teaser,
0: it's all guns. Right.
1: I mean, Cyberpunk. and this is based on an old pen-and-paper RPG right. called Cyberpunk. Yep. It was called, just called Cyberpunk. And then they added the, 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 the year to make it, I think, to make it more trademarkable. Um... And to differentiate it from the genre that was what you know came about, it, it became you know, explored because this this RPG is from the '80s. Yeah. Um, so I would not be surprised if it be, if they did like a Mass Effect thing where like there was like some kind of co-op mode with like you know where like you'd buy the crates in Mass Effect Three. To, to, I think it was the same in Mass Effect Andromeda, but I never actually played the co-op in that because <laughs> it's hard enough getting through the single player. People <laughs> and. Um, so I w- I wouldn't surprise me to see that kind of a thing added to like some kind of to add some longevity like but people are Do you kind You think of...
0: that really adds longevity though?
1: It did for Mass Effect. I don't know if there's enough uh variance and like novelty in like a horde mode Side mode thing to really do anything like that. And like, because when, when is this game going to come out? Like 2020? God knows. 2077, yeah.
0: probably. Maybe that's what it is. Its release date is in yeah. the title. I mean, it'd be good
1: to get it out in 2019 because that's the year Blade Runner takes place. You can yeah. kind of mess with that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And Warner Brothers has published Witcher in the past, so they would have. You know, some some leeway to kind of do some Blade Runner tie-ins. But there. you
0: know, right now Warner Brothers is not publishing this game.
1: Is anyone publishing? It's it? some little dinky
0: publisher has it yeah. signed right now. Yeah. Weird. I don't know if it'll stay that way, but it's for right now. In the past, now. like like
1: CD Projekt self-published The Witcher Three, but then Warner Brothers handled physical distribution. physical distribution. Yeah. Um, and maybe not even worldwide. Maybe only in the west. Yeah, maybe remember. just in certain territories. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see CD Projekt Red going, like, full Overwatch with it or anything in that regard? But what about or, like,
0: full Destiny with it?
1: That would be hard for me to believe. Like How I don't, come? Because that's not what CD Projekt does. I mean, granted, that's also not what Bungie did, but I think it's a shorter leap from what Bungie did to what Destiny became than from what The Witcher 3 to Destiny, you know what I mean? Um, Is
0: this just maybe wishful thinking on your part? Because I don't think so. No. I mean, until
1: I have some kind of evidence that they intend to make this some kind of a Multiplayer, MMO light, you know, or kind of whatever that EA moved the Star Wars game up to EA Vancouver to become Like, that's just not what CD Projekt does, and also CD Projekt has a, a history over three games now of uh, being exceedingly consumer-friendly. Yeah. And like all, you know, all the stuff we got for free on The Witcher 3, a bunch of stuff, all the enhanced stuff where they fixed all the things in Witcher 2 for no extra charge, they completely remade Witcher 1 and gave people who already owned it the, the enhanced version for free. Yeah. Like that, I mean, they're they not about nickel and diming the consumer. I agree with that. So... I agree with that
0: perspective totally. And
1: I... can that change? Yeah. I mean, shit like that can, can pivot on a dime. That's we my know fear, that. though. But I just don't see that happening with them not yet i don't know if they changed like management or or leadership or ownership maybe i would be more worried but right now i they get the benefit of the doubt until i see something i don't like see the reason i brought
0: up its labor practices when we first started talking about this is because that to me shows that cd project red has a little bit of an edge to it that it's Mm -hmm. maybe not as friendly as they look it makes great games there's no denying that but there's a lot of companies that make great games, and then you go and work there, or make great products in general, and then you go and you work there for a month, mm. and you're like, oh my God, this is nothing like what I thought this company was. And so, the, really, the only hints that we've got of what it's like sort of beneath the surface there have not been especially flattering. Right, but I don't think that's related to what they're going to make. Well, I think they're trying to save money, obviously. I mean, they're, they're, well, they're, they to that- me, that tells me that they are very concerned with money.
1: Well, all companies are. Right. But like, I, I but think, I think all what you're seeing there is basically what we've been doing. The way we've been doing it has been working, so we're not going to change it.
0: That that's a, certainly a different perspective. Like,
1: because like, hey, like, okay, you can complain about, you know, it. because I their little the little letter thing they put out to me also read like, um, you know, what we got done, what we needed to get done by using people the way we use them, and until a reason, a concrete reason other than I don't like it comes along, we're going to keep doing that. So like, to me it read like, you know, argue, you know, complain all you want, but you can't argue with success. Yeah. And it, it read to me a very, like a very conservative, not politically conservative, but like a conservative in terms of viewpoint of, hey, we got a formula and we're going to keep doing it. And that to me says they don't want to change things. And that means to me, Cyberpunk is probably going to be the Witcher 3 with guns.
0: You also have to remember, too, though, that that was written by a PR person. Yeah, (laughs) and it's their job to spin things to make the company look as good as possible bottom line is CD Projekt Red doesn't want to expend as much money as another studio would under a big publisher to create a Mm -hmm. game of the same quality it wants to cut corners but that's
1: that's also what we complain about all the time with the inflated budgets and all this and why you have to sell micro so the fact that they are trying to keep it down like that is probably why they could afford to not have that kind of games as a service element to their game yeah, I mean, the online thing. I mean, that could mean anything. It could mean leaderboards. It could mean you know. It could mean like they wouldn't. It could mean like a dark. It, a bit with something like that, it could though. mean it could mean like a Dark Souls style mingle player thing where you see because because the thing about The Witcher Three with multiplayer not making any sense in is because you play a singular character. Right. That may not be the case in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Right. So you might be able to see other care other you know maybe there is going to be like a Destiny style hub thing where you just sort of pass each other and maybe it's not related to what's happening. But like I could see kind of like a like if there's sort of like. Like a the hot nightclub place. Maybe when you go in there, you can see other players or something like that. Like You don't know what they're t- what they're thinking. Um, I just think the fact that they
0: made a point to announce it now mm. is a pretty big deal. Well, at least it's- because they're already they're getting it in players' minds that this is mm. where we're going. So start thinking about it mentally, preparing for it. Because what you see with a lot of other games is stuff like this comes out in the last month or two months or even last six mm-hmm. months of development, and sometimes. The public reacts one way. Sometimes they react the other way. When you tell somebody this two or three years before, you're mentally preparing them for what it ultimately is going to be. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like if it was something insignificant like leaderboards or a social hub or whatever, I don't think they would have mentioned it now. I think this is going to be a big component of the game in one way or another. And that's why they've mentioned it two or three years before the game's even coming out.
1: I don't know about that. I feel like, uh, A, it's partly because, like, hey, we know we're going to do this. Whatever it is, they know it's going to be part of the game. So it's one. It's something they can say that's news. It's something they can say. It's like, hey, here's new information about the game. It's not really any information at all, really. But, like, yeah. it's like, hey, we're doing it. It's a thing. New information. It's on. There's online stuff. Woo. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, in the past when CD Projekt Red has participated in, you know, DLC practices like that's the main the thing that you know things people complain about, they've generally found a way to do it that people found positive. No, for sure. So they've done
0: a great job handling so DLC. So maybe
1: they, that you are right and they're and they're gonna have a major component to this and they are preparing people to be ready for that. But they have a history also of taking things that people see as a negative or an exploitative exploitive process process and turning it into something that people feel is pro consumer. So it's in their DNA to kind of like figure that kind of thing out, and um, and they've already done it with you know post-launch updates, and they've done it with DLC practices, and now maybe they can do it with online stuff. Maybe they can do a, find a way to make it feel not exploitative and more like a bonus.
0: I have a question, actually. I don't know the answer to. Is CD Projekt Red a private company, or is it yes. owned by someone
1: else? Private company. It is private. As, far as I know, it's, as, far as I know, it's an independent company. Because that could make a big difference yeah, too. Started as its own little thing. It is. Kind of a pol as I understand it's, it's kind of a, a, a Polish icon. Like they're they're I can see they're that they're very celebrated in Poland because The Witcher is actually Harry Nathan. Potter big. Right. It's Harry the books the Witcher books are Harry Potter big in Poland and right. kind of nowhere else. Um, in fact the guy who wrote them thinks that the success of the books is why the games are
0: Big sellers. Yeah, I know. Which is like <laughs> he wanted like more money or leave what? Warsaw once in a while, dude. Like wow,
1: like I yeah. I I've read all the yeah. books now, but I would never have even heard of them. Yeah, he's games. a little
0: out of touch on that one. Um,
1: so like, they are very much celebrated. I mean, they gave Obama copy a copy of the the game i think <laughs> when he went to visit poland because <laughs> that's as, <laughs> what as, else part, they as do? part of their little yeah as part of like a, a gift thing of like things that represent poland or like yeah, things yeah. that are we are proud of kind of thing they gave him a copy of the witcher 3 that's hilarious. and i'm like hey it's great <laughs> I, I think that. that's really cool
0: yeah i mean look if they
1: had been Maybe owned... it was The witcher 2 it might have been the witcher 2
0: yeah if they had been owned by another company or kind of under another umbrella that would probably lend more to the idea that Maybe they don't have total control. Right. If EA had
1: bought them, I would be more concerned or something like that. But
0: I think the other problem is, and we'll talk about it a little bit later when we talk about Battlefront 2, is the data doesn't lie. Mm. When you have the games as a service make more money. Mm. Like, a lot more money. Not even, like... And maybe CD Projekt Red looks at it like, Well, look, if we can make more money off of Cyberpunk 2077 doing a games as a service... While still trying to do it mm. with consumers in mind, then maybe that extra money that we have goes to the next game and then maybe
1: our work environment isn't so god awful. Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah. It is Eastern Europe. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <But> like <laughs> touche. It's uh it's a different world. It is. And for sure. um you know, even I've even seen some Polish people basically say, like, I mean, yeah, they pay Polish wages, so you think it's low, but that's just how it is here. And it's yeah. just like, well, that doesn't mean it should be. Yeah, like exactly. That. But like, um, I don't know. Maybe that's that's an idealized Western idea. It's not like we don't have our own issues in that in that uh, arena, but like. Um, I just think you know, and I also think like you know, the CD Projekt Red guys are not stupid. Clearly, uh, and they see what's going on. Like there, there is. But there's there is... a lot of smart people that make stupid decisions in this industry. Yeah, but like I think, <laughs> and I we'll probably talk about this you know, will, later yeah. on. But I I think part of the reason those deci- those stupid decisions happen, are because of the labyrinth of bureaucratic and corporate mazes that yeah. that get get created. In these giant conglomerates, and CD Projekt Red, as far as I can tell, is not that. Yeah. It's, it's still its own company, it's still an insomniac.
0: Well, the one thing about. I will say is you know, all you can really go on is a company's track record. Mm-hmm. And so far, CD Projekt Red's track record has been impeccable. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, their labor practices suck, but as far as how they treat consumers, and the quality of the products that they create, it's really hard to find any fault
1: yeah. with them. So, as, until then, a, I am
0: more than willing to give it the benefit yeah, of the just doubt. Just
1: as someone who puts the money down and buys a game and plays it, like, you got no reason to doubt them yet. Agreed. But we, we know... Stuff can change overnight.
0: It absolutely can, and money corrupts everything. Yeah. And when you're staring at that data, and you're like, "What? We can yep. get another two or three hundred million dollars out of this game?"
1: And who knows what the state of the industry will be by the time Cyberpunk exactly. is ready to come out? Like, yeah. maybe it becomes a survival tactic. We it don't could. know. Like, yeah. We don't know what it's going to be like.
0: Then. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll actually talk about MPD here a little bit later in the show, where that app might be apt. So, all right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Jade Raymond, one of our favorites in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably the shepherd who got Assassin's Creed very,
1: very to much. where it is. Her her and Patrice were kind of the the, yep. the, the masterminds, I would but, say.
0: And it's not even really about who the mastermind was. She mm. is just such a likable, radiant person that her, as the spokesperson for that franchise when it first launched, mm. I think it just had I just think everybody gave it a chance. Because when you really go back and play the first Assassin's Creed, it's not really an amazing game. It was oh, kind I of. I still love it. I still like it because it's really groundbreaking for the time. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. But you go back and play it,
1: it's kind of clunky. It's a little archaic. Oh yeah, and you can't you can't skip any of the cutscenes. Yeah. But, but I, I actually did go back and play it briefly because of uh, it was the 10th anniversary. This week, I know it's crazy. Ten years. I
0: can't believe it's been ten years. Oh, I don't know if there's anything that has made me feel more old than finding out that Assassin's Creed was 10 years old. Yep. Because I, Assassin's Creed, when it first came out, like I look back on myself at that point in time as I was becoming an older
1: adult, mm-hmm. and so then I tacked
0: ten years onto that, and I'm like, holy crap, like wow, <laughs> and then like, I'm an older,
1: older adult now. And like I remember when that came out, it was like was one of those things where I was like, I mean, I loved the first Assassin's Creed, obviously too, and Brotherhood built on it was better. Yeah. But I saw kind of the you could see what was I coming. saw the magic in it. Yeah. yeah. And um. Didn't hurt that one of the window boxes looked like Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which apparently somebody got in trouble for. Oh, really? You're in, like, apparently you're not allowed to put little Easter egg things in Ubisoft games if you're not approved. Uh, and there was a, there, when someone noticed, it, yeah, the window boxes and I think it was Acra, yeah. looked like the front of Optimus Prime's yeah, truck mode. Yep. Uh, I guess uh, I saw, I, remember, I don't remember where I saw it. it was some, I saw some like Kotaku or something thing where it's like, oh yeah, this is not a good deal. But launching new IP isn't easy. Oh, and yeah. let's be honest. But I remember playing it and being like, "Oh, this is going to be around for this is a new like, this is a new gaming icon." Yeah, I yeah. knew
0: that. Well, its debut trailer was I still oh. remember pretty much every frame of it. Um and it was one of the most watched trailers ever on game trailers back in the day. And that's kind of when we knew things were going to take off, but then you have Jade who is very easy on the eyes. She's a great person. Everybody who ever meets her has nothing but amazing things to say about her, repping this game. And I think she's kind of the one that helped put it over the top. And I feel like then Patrice, for the the following sequels, kind of stepped to the fore. He's like, I'm the guy making this thing. Mm. Hey, what's
1: up? Well, she Um, also didn't want to be in the forefront anymore. Yeah, yeah.
0: But she did did her job. Like, she launched a franchise. And uh, so now she's heading up Motive Studios uh, for EA... Uh, the Star Wars studio that hasn't been shut down yet, mm. and they announced this week that that game is not planned for for release until 2021. 2021. Yep. Matt, that is four years from right
1: now. Yep, it's a long time. Which which seems like it maybe that might be the next Star Wars game.
0: Well, no, I think we'll get Battlefront
1: three in twenty nineteen.
0: Maybe. Maybe. After this. I think I we'll know. get Respawn's game before that. Uh,
1: it could be. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. We're in a weird place here right now, because the, the Star Wars deal is 10 years. started in 2013. The uh, EA's license for this started in 2013. Um, next, So next year, a year from now, where there's no, there's no Star Wars game plan for next year, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a huge mistake. We'll be halfway through the deal 5 years into the deal and they've got two games out. Yeah. And they're the same game. I'm going <laughs> yeah, sa- to I'm going to yeah, they're the same sequel to a ga- same same franchise. A version of a game that already existed in the pre-EA era and right. then a sequel to that that has created a PR disaster that Disney had to get involved with. Right. And I feel like unless there's some amazing turnaround happening here in the next few years, like you're going to see that license go to another publisher. So basically,
0: you're saying that Motive's game would be the last game under that
1: deal, unless they get a Battlefront four out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where else you're going. Which at that, at that point. point, it what?
0: may very well happen because I don't know. Like,
1: do you do you, you Sims Star Wars? Like, what else have they got? Sims City, Coruscant? Like yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> they could start barfing stuff like that out, though. I'd kind of play SimCity Coruscant. Yeah, I, mean, I, would I would too. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't I totally would, that. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely would. And whatever the EA Vancouver Destiny. Whatever thing happens is,
0: with that. Yeah. like God knows when that's coming
1: out now. I mean, if they're starting from more or less scratch on that, like what? That's potentially a four year development cycle.
0: I-, I can't fathom why Motive would take four years from now to get that game done. What's, and motive what's did come their out this motive? Week. Right. Well, Motive did come out this week and say. We've come up with some kind of crazy mm-hmm. new gameplay thing that's going to make people flip out. So if you're that far along in development
1: that you've come up with a new gameplay paradigm, you're saying four years from now? That's a very good question. That's insane. And you're like, we don't know. Is it related to the license? Is it going to tie into something that happens in the movie with movie releases that far out? Like what's happening? Like what? What? What's determining this release date? Because that's a long dev time.
0: Oh my gosh! Yes. Um, I mean, think
1: of the budget that's going to run up, yeah. by then. Just, just to pay people, period. Just let to alone, pay their salaries. Yeah. Let alone like actual development costs that are incurred by tech development and all that. Yeah. All the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, M- they're going to use frostbite and talent, and apparently. apparently which, yeah. Well, yeah. Gotta stop. With yeah, the I'm really over guys. frostbite at this like, point. It's, and this is the, I think Battle, we'll get to Battlefront too, but I think that, this is the first time I've seen Frostbite face in a DICE game. Yeah. You know, and it's like, usually DICE uses their engine very well, but this, mm-hmm. it's just, it everything's at the same equality to it. Need for Speed last week had that same yep. look to it. And it's not a good look, I don't think. Well, I, I'll say this much,
0: Battlefront looks a heck of a lot better than Need for it Speed. It does, it does. But it's <laughs> yeah, like. A heck of
1: a lot I think, you know, there's certain engines have a certain look. house look, kind of. Yeah. And, you know, like Unreal, certainly until, you know, the advanced version, you know, in four around, I mean, you know, Unreal had the, you know, didn't do hair very well. So everybody had a crew cut or a shaved head and, like, yeah. or just sort of a mop of, you know, the women just had, like, a kind of, a like, kind of a, a, like, a helmet. A, a helmet of, <laughs> of, of texture. Right. And uh um,. Yeah, you know, there was always a you know, kind of a shiny thing uh, Unreal 3.0 had that the the texture pop-in problem or oh, yeah. like it would draw in the the high-res texture like very obviously Ma- the Mass Effect games had that going on. Frostbite does a little bit of that too. A little bit, but not as bad. Yeah. But I think it has worse issues on the other side and I, if they if they haven't been forced so do to So you think work maybe Mode that, is building a new engine? God, it wouldn't be a I bad idea. I mean, for idea. a four
0: year development cycle, like, it wouldn't you be a bad idea
1: be... for the woman who was in charge of Assassin's Creed to build her own engine for this game. You're right. I, I mean, I I, I, can I don't think know of how much she ideas. had to do with that. No, than... but she was in, involved in the project and she knows how that rolls. So, you know, it, it couldn't hurt. I mean, we're not going to see this motive game.
0: This motive game is going to be a PS5, Xbox 2 yeah. game. That's the bottom line. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, second year. Maybe. yeah
0: i mean if they're announcing now that it's coming out in 2021 i mean it could end up being delayed <laughs> yeah it could that could slip that's true <laughs> or maybe they're just covering their butts and saying four years if you can't get it done in four years mm-hmm. maybe they're they're trying to deliver a pleasant surprise when it comes out in 2020 I, yeah, don't I don't know it's just it seems insane to me how many games get four-year development cycles now
1: like none not many i mean call of duty gets three yeah that's only because they've got three teams rotating it out yeah um, that's a long time especially, really especially for a company that EA That really doesn't put a lot out
0: With those kinds of resources And that kind of financial backing I It's mind boggling that yeah. it would take that long
1: And it feels like I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what's happening behind this. There's so much money tied up in in Star Wars, and Star Wars, And And it, like, it's money well invested. Sure, but, like, it's like you could be making... I mean, you have to be Lucasfilm and Disney looking at this and being like, you know, if we picked a game publisher that could get stuff out on a yearly basis cleanly, we would be making a lot more money off this.
0: That's why Pac said that they bought Respawn. Mm, that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, the latest Factor yeah. Factor, he was asked about it, and he's like, it's really smart because Respawn... Gets his games done on time. Right. It gets its games done on budget, and they're amazing games. And you know, what,
1: you know what I would do, and maybe this is what they're doing. Maybe Battlefront 3 is Respawn. It's possible. Because I would take that in a heartbeat. Oh, right yeah. Now. Like, for sure. Because they're using, I don't know what engine they, I mean, I know Titanfall is like a modified source engine. Mm. I don't know what Titanfall 2 uses. I don't either, actually. Um... But someone in chat probably they, Titanfall 2 does not have the the frostbite look cuz clearly they're not using that like Yeah, yeah. You, like it looks amazing. <laughs> shifting over to shifting over to that side. Like I would I would be I in. mean just
0: use that engine whatever. Yeah, it is use whatever fine.
1: respawn use respawn's own tech and make Battlefront 3 that way. I am in.
0: I mean Titanfall 2 in my opinion is one of the best-looking shooters oh, of this beautiful. generation. Yeah. So, I'm 100% down with that. Um but yeah, it looks like Motive's game is a long ways off. Uh, that's some job security. They are for
1: Jade. They are uh, credited on Battlefront 2, so they did something. They there. did something. I don't there. know what, but yeah. their, their logo pops up at the beginning. Oh, I didn't notice that actually. Yeah, like the motives logo pops up when you first boot the game up. So they did something on this. I don't know what it was. Well, maybe, maybe
0: that's why it's now four years. Maybe the campaign stuff. It's possible. Maybe they were helping finish Battlefront 2, and that's why they're getting started late that could on be, their that game. Could be. Uh, it's exciting to hear that they have some kind of
1: new gameplay thing going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, I I want to see Jade Raymond's take on Star Wars, no question.
0: And I wanted to see Amy. Oh, Henning's see Amy Hennings, well. too. I go. Hopefully, in <laughs> twenty twenty, they down.
1: don't fire all them and cancel that game and move it to EA Montreal to be turned into a card battle. <laughs> well,
0: I'll tell you this much: if it does happen, they are definitely not renewing that <laughs> license. Without a doubt, that is it. All done. It's so. just a,
1: I just it amazes me how much trouble EA seems to have been having with Star Wars. Yeah. Like this, everyone who plays video games and likes Star Wars has an idea for Star Wars in their head, as, yeah. a, as an idea for a game they to right. make. Yeah. And it's like, there's it's, even if you want to be lazy, just make another X-wing game, make another yeah, totally Force unleashed cool game, yeah. make another, you know, make another what? Make another Shadows of the Empire, remaster Shadows of the Empire. Who cares? Yeah. Like, just get content Something out. out
0: there. Yeah, because people are going to buy it. It may not sell as well as the Battlefront right. or whatever, but. And, and why aren't and they building that license a little more and doing know. stuff like card battle games? And why not a
1: modern version? Screw make a Need for Speed over and over again. Make a pod racing game that's as good as what we had on the N sixty four. Like, yeah, I mean, remember, just
0: remaster the pod racing and just game. experiment
1: a little bit. Like, yeah. you, know, you remember, like there was that period of like ninety eight to like two thousand two when we got like Super bomb bad Racing yeah. and like like the the Twisted Metal rip off and yeah. like. Like, the weird 3D, like, strategy game that wasn't even playable, really. Yeah. Like, it, but, like, but they were trying. It was a 4X game. Right. They uh, yeah, was a Rebellion, I think it was. I'd play a Star Wars 4X game. Yeah. and just, like, In a heartbeat. I mean, it wouldn't sell, but... You don't like, think? No. You don't think Civ, Star Wars would sell? Not to the degree that EA would be happy with it, which is part of the problem. It would sell better than Civ, I think, though. And Civ sells pretty well. Maybe. But maybe, that, maybe you go to 2K. But 2K's got microtransaction problems of its own. Well,
0: 2K also has a problem of getting games out in a yep. decent amount of time. They're just... Well, we,
1: we couldn't have that with Star Wars. No. <laughs> what publisher should... Disney go to for Star Wars and maybe games. maybe they should do it themselves cuz yeah. that that worked out pretty well for a while it, with LucasArts Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh you mean bring back LucasArts yeah. basically. I mean
1: LucasArts really is just an internal division of Lucasfilm now. Yeah. A lot of the same people that ran LucasArts are still there yeah. running LucasArts under a different name And take a Lucas game It would be so I
0: mean you have to Build up all those studios And do all the hiring It just I don't think it would work
1: Well um, I well, yeah. It's easier to well, do well, that But, well, well, but like I mean they should, do, they should do What they were doing Near the end Which is they were Contracting out develop, Individual developers To oh, make right. the game Like gotcha, you know gotcha. Lucasfilm handles The publication And kind of the, the Executive so you get creative style.
0: assembly To build the yeah. the, the RTS Right thing. Or you right.
1: you get Insomniac To make the action game Or you, right. get, you, know, you like you, you contract it And yeah. then like for publication, you publish it through Disney's wing.
0: Maybe EA should start doing that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really screwing the pooch on this license right now.
1: EA, I mean, maybe this is just me, because like, EA, a lot of what EA makes isn't interesting to me because of how much sports stuff and kind of the, the Me Too racing games they put out for Need for Speed every couple of years. I just feel like EA is a really barren field. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot there for me, especially now that Mass Effect took a dive. I, and, like, I'm basically... EA to me right now is me sitting around hoping that a Star Wars game eventually comes out or that Bioware gets Anthem done on time. Yeah. You know? like, I don't know what else to look forward to.
0: I mean, Anthem's coming pretty
1: soon. Supposed to be. Yeah, well, let's see what... We haven't seen a whole lot of it, though. Let's see what the loot boxes are for that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Alright, let's move on. We're going to talk mm-hmm. next about new entries in two franchises from Japan. Two, two franchises that some would argue we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, The first we're going to talk about is Devil May Cry, and the reason I said some people may say we haven't seen a new entry in some time is because a lot of people don't really count DMC Devil May Cry as canon, as a canon entry into the Devil May Cry franchise. Um,
1: And I understand why you wouldn't consider that part of the same series, because it's good, and, uh... I like Devil May Cry okay, <laughs> but like the only Devil May Cry Capcom Devil May Cry game I would call a really good game is three. Yeah. Um I did certainly not two. No, not two. Two not is one all. of the
0: worst sequels in the history of video yeah, games.
1: One I found like okay but sort of annoying, and four was fine. One was charming. Yeah, one one was different at the time. Like yeah. one was and also it grew out of a Resident Evil game of all right. things, which was like that was kind of amazing to be playing that game and thinking this started as Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. it really is bizarre. But it was just, you know, it's it's just had it still had that kind of cheesy I don't know if it's charm really, but it was. No, just I think sort of,
0: the first word you used was that was accurate. Cheesy. Yeah,
1: it was like <laughs> with all the holes, like whoa, slow down, babe. Like it's just like it's like written by like a person who would once heard of an '80s movie, right? You know, yeah. them, an action movie. <laughs> um, but it was it. Looked cool, and he was an iconic design, and
0: I mean, honestly, in my opinion, other... he should have been
1: the one to fill your dark soul with light. Yeah, know?
0: yeah. No, I think I think you're right. The best Devil May Cry game is DMC Devil yeah. May Cry.
1: I mean, I understand why people don't consider that to be the same character. No, I
0: get it. But I totally like, get it, too. I think it's
1: a better game than all but Devil May Cry 3.
0: Well, I think Devil May Cry 4 is probably my personal favorite
1: of the Japanese-developed mm. Devil May Cry games. I like 3 because 3 is an incredibly intricate and demanding combat system that reminds me of a really good fighting game. 4 is like that, too, though. 4 has that, but 3... 4 is hard 3, as nails, man. Those 3. three's. I mean, 3 is is special. Yeah. Uh, four is cool. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't like that they didn't let me play Dante until the second half of the game. Well, the other
0: problem, too, is that the game is technically really short. Right. You go, to, and you go here, and then you go all the way all back. All the
1: way back. Go sold, through the, the Soul Reaver co- 2 style. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which is a really cheap way to yeah. extend a
1: game. But I did enjoy Halo, it. Halo 1 did that, too. Yeah, it did. And then there's the library, which, to me, is... Mm-hmm. Well, the library is the end. And then, yeah. and then you spend the rest of the game going all the way back.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, But I did enjoy Devil May Cry 4, and, uh, you know, of the Japanese developed games, it's obviously the most technologically advanced, because it it is the last one. Do you think they should go back to the Japanese style of development with this? And it sounds like that's what's happening. Yeah. Because Devil May Cry's creator in Japan, after E3, said that he apologized for not showing his new project. Mm. We should probably go back to why we're talking about this as well. Uh, So this week on Reddit, and I know Reddit posts, take it with a grain of salt... Someone on Reddit, and this guy has a reputation for breaking things and being accurate about it. Uh, He has a track record of three or four different games or features in games that he knew about first and broke. So it's not just some random jackhole going on Reddit and saying blah, blah, blah. But this guy came out and said, at PSX, you're going to see the new Devil May Cry, and you're going to see Soul Calibur. We're going to get to Soul Calibur here in a second. Um, But which do you think is the right call, Matt? I mean, there's two different angles of that. There's financially, Mm -hmm. and then there's selfishly, artistically. So what would you prefer yourself, and what do you think is a smarter move financially?
1: Uh, Well, myself, I would probably prefer going to the older... Aesthetic. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I think Ninja Theory's game is a better game than most of yep. the other Devil May Cry's, but I don't like the character design. I, I prefer the old one. I would prefer to play as old-style Dante in a more Ninja Theory-style game. Yeah, I don't like the aesthetic of the new DMC really at all. No, it's just. I mean, it, it looks. I think it actually looks good for what they're trying to do. I just don't think it's appropriate to this to the game to the yeah. series. It's not Devil May Cry is. The white-haired asshole in a in a long red coat eating and, a slice of pizza. Right, <laughs> and like, and like, and there's something that like, there's something about the uh, kind of the the heightened Japanese sort of anime style that like makes a lot of the weirdness of the world work. It makes but, it a little bit more passable for whatever yeah. weird reason. So I'm I, I personally would prefer to go back to the old style. Um business-wise I don't know if it really matters. Um, I don't think DMC sold especially well. Well, business-wise I think the smart move would not be to not make it, all, make it at all, because character action games don't really sell. I mean, if look, if Bayonetta 2 didn't move the needle, I don't know what how good these things need to be to to do anything. Well, Bayonetta 2 had some other stuff working against it. Well, it was on the Wii U, but even for a Wii U game, it didn't sell tremendously well, and like it's just you know that series still struggles. That series, I think Bayonetta is better than any of the Devil May Cry. Oh, it absolutely is. And I um, mean, the
0: point really is that Bayonetta is one of the best action games of the last decade.
1: But and find, it still couldn't sell but find me someone outside of our core demographic that knows what it is right you know these games just don't have mass appeal for yeah. whatever reason so if they're going to make another one business-wise probably just appeal to the old school fans as best you can because that's going to be a lar- the, your largest audience yeah you're not going to sell five million of this but, no but i mean you... they can,
0: they've only sold three million copies of resident evil 7.
1: right but like but it's like i think if you make it look and play more like the original you know the classic ones you're going to get more people than following up on what Ninja Theory did. It just seems, like, obvious to me. Because even as someone who liked the Ninja Theory game, I will still get an old-style Devil May Cry game as well. It, It
0: appears to me that just Japanese action games in general... Are just having a real tough time in the market these days in the West. Yeah,
1: and I don't know why that is. I mean, they were never like giant, you know, blockbusters. But Devil May Cry was one of the one of the heavy hitters of the PS2 era. It definitely was. They I mean, yeah. got three sequels. It, right. It
0: built a brand off of that first
1: game. But some are like the three. The Xbox 360 generation. A lot of those games just sort of fell off. Yeah. and uh, I don't know if. Uh, i've ever heard an adequate really explanation for why because bayonetta
0: even the first one when it was released on as a multi-platform game did not sell amazing oh no it It got got...
1: sky high review scores but it only got a sequel because nintendo funded it right so yep and
0: sega had passed and a couple other publishers had passed on it first so um so yeah i think i would agree with you one the aesthetic i prefer to go back to the old style Mm. financially I mean, I guess I'm being a little selfish in this regard, and that I want to play another one. So I'm going to say, yeah, go for it. Like I think they'll make their money back, provided the game is as long as they keep, moderately good. Yeah,
1: and as long as they keep the project sane on track, you know? Like, yeah. on track and on budget, and understand how much you're going to sell. You know, don't don't square in to Tomb Raider this thing and think you're going to sell two, 10 million copies or right, something. Right, right. Like you got to be realistic. I think
0: Capcom standards at this point.
1: Yeah, I think Capcom low. knows pretty what low. Doing. Street
0: yeah. Fighter Five has not done great. I no.
1: mean, really, none of Capcom's games for quite a while. Street Fighter on other... the Switch did well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was sold what, like 500k or yeah. something.
1: I mean, I think it it's, it outsold uh, the the I think its first month outsold Street Fighter Five's first month. It did. It's like, and that was a wow. dirty port. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you look at all Capcom's franchises right now, Mar- Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite did okay first month, disappeared off the charts mm-hmm. after that.
1: Um, and then they screwed up again. They got a, There's a big tournament coming up this weekend, and they dropped a new patch yesterday. No, oh geez. Or not yesterday. Was it what? maybe Tuesday or Wednesday? But, like, all the pros, Justin Wong and all the pros are complaining on Twitter. It's like, we got four days to get used to how this new patch plays. You couldn't have waited Bad. until next week and it's just like yeah exactly you're not think the people that are keeping that game alive in whatever form it remains alive is the tournament scene oh absolutely and the is. pro yeah. scene yeah. and capcom's just not thinking.
0: you don't want those people talking poorly no. about that game at this point no it can't take it so that hasn't done well resident evil 7 to me sold way under expectations i mean capcom seemed to be happy with three million sales from a resident evil game mm. that to me is how much
1: did six sell
0: Better better than yeah. that. Yeah, but I mean that's when it still had some cachet Like I feel like Resident Evil all all these Japanese franchises are really starting to wear a little thin I think in the West um, Why do you think that is Matt? Do you think it's an accumulative cumulative effect where people feel like they've bought these games in the past? They haven't been as good as they had hoped they would be and over time They've just decided to not even give them a chance.
1: I don't know. I don't really know what happens there like because they're they're not what people wanted, or they you know the the majority of the audience that makes games multi you know super million sellers today are not people who were playing games when those games were popular. Like if you don't have a, a sentimental attachment to Resident Evil, maybe you don't care that Resident Evil Seven came out. Yeah. And then on top of that, maybe if you do have a sentimental attachment to Resident Evil Seven, you're annoyed that it's first person. Right. Um. So it it you've got this problem with like kind of experimenting but failing to. Capitalize on what made the series like popular, maybe. And the like, VR
0: thing might have muddied the waters for that game as well. Yeah,
1: I mean... People are like, wait, I can only play it with VR, right? And there was just that period where, like, you know, Western stuff went on the rise last generation, and Japanese companies seemed to struggle to to, you know, provide the budget needed to keep things up up to date in the HD era and, like, even Square Enix kind of the things like, well, there's no, no more cities in JRPGs because they're too expensive to build. And it was like...
0: <laughs> what? What?
1: <laughs> and then, like, Skyrim no comes sense. out and people are like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they can afford it. <laughs> there's a lot of cities in that game. Yeah. I know. Um, you know, I, I mean, the, the story even goes back to, you know, Metal Gear Solid 4 where, where uh, Kojima wanted to do, like, a more open world sort of... You know, thing like that, and like you know, more you know, similar to like what Five ended up being. Yeah. And his team told him it was impossible, and then he went to E3 he and saw and Assassin's, saw Assassin's Creed. Creed, and he came back and said, "You fuckers lied to me. Yeah. They just did it, and yeah. that's why he can dress as in the Assassin's Creed rub, is because he they worked with Ubisoft to understand right. how, how it works. That. Yeah. And so there was just this element of, uh, you know, the, the the industry went this way and the Japanese development community sort of thought it was going to keep going this way. And it, it was almost... It reminded- and I think that's the problem. Yeah. Keep going right. this way. And it reminded me of... Um, it actually reminded me of the Saturn, where uh, the Saturn, when, when that came out, the Saturn was a 2D monster, yeah. a 2D powerhouse, like nothing that had been seen before. And then the PlayStation... <laughs> It was polygon. And it was 3D. Right. And suddenly Sega realized, oh, this is the future. Yeah. And they bolted a bunch of subpar 3D hardware onto the top of this 2D. I mean, the Saturn was a super genesis, basically. Yeah. And they bolted something on top of this thing to kinda of, and it didn't, you know, didn't match up, didn't work out. But yeah. it it just felt like that thing where like you thought the the future of, of games was just going to continue down this straight line and it went this way. Yeah. And it went with online stuff and it went with you know like multiplayer and you know halo you know the xbox became a force that you didn't expect to do xbox live became a success and it took sony years to catch up on that it was it's kind of like back when you were a kid you're riding
0: with your dad and your mom in the car and your dad like makes a wrong turn and then your mom is saying, hey, we need to get off the exit. Hey, we need to... And he he's just like, keeps this, staring straight ahead. He's like, this is a shortcut. <laughs> just going straight past all the exits. <laughs> and you're like, dad!
1: He's like, "This is a shortcut, trust me. Yeah,
0: exactly. That seems to be like, what's going on? And not just with yeah. Capcom. I think, I think
1: a lot of the company, the Japanese companies have have corrected course since then. But you think a lot have? I think they're getting there. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, the Square Enix of the beginning of the 360 generation would not have made Final well, Fantasy X. Well,
0: Square Enix has okay. westernized far more oh, than yeah other japanese publisher far more than any i mean i would argue that nintendo at a certain point had been pretty westernized but now it's kind of gone back and it's like no no now we're making all our games in japan again because uh, for a while there it had all those kind of little small second party studios in america that were creating games for it and then it ended up getting rid of all those or just canceling the projects that those teams were working on and now almost all its games are made in japan again and i also i would also say that this is kind of bore out that nintendo makes timeless games. Mm. Because it hasn't really changed its strategy at all. It still makes games the same way. Obviously, it westernized Zelda with mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild a little bit. But it's games It can keep going down that highway without getting off the ramp. Right. And it still does but very well. it
1: did have to shift its approach a little bit, though. Yeah. Like in, in the hardware department more than the game department. Yeah. Because um, that's the, that was Nintendo's pitfall, sort of reverse. Where Nintendo's advantage is it has control over the hardware. Whereas other other companies are basically trying to make things for other people's hardware and hoping that they can make it fit properly, but like Nintendo's control the hardware. But the problem with they had was they their games were still there, yeah. But nobody wanted the hardware, yeah. And now they've flipped that that story, and I think they've got their hardware and their software on the same page, and it's all going very well. Yeah. Um, if you're let's, Nintendo, let's, let's maybe... shift
0: focus to Soul Calibur. Um,
1: so that's the other rumor. This is now. This is I would say a game we have not heard of. In quite some time
0: Yes, there, was, there have been no hints of a new one coming no. Which doesn't make any sense Because Soul Calibur is a great franchise I can't remember an entry in Soul Calibur That I was ultimately disappointed in I can
1: Which one? Three 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 was not very good
0: I don't even know if I remember anything specific about three. three. Was, Maybe three that's was, the problem Yeah, well three was <laughs> PS2
1: It was um, the, the, you know, the the... The story kind of map mode thing was very pared down from what Soul, what Soul Calibur 1 and 2 had done. And it also had a bug that erased your save. Oh, well, there you so, go. So, um, yeah, 3 three to me for me is the least of the series. Well... So there are people who would say the last one was the least because it had Star Wars characters in it. But I like that.
0: Was that the last one? I think so. No, I think there's one after that. Is there another that. one after yeah, that? Yeah, there's... Four, <laughs> Maybe that doesn't okay. bode well for 5 then. <laughs>
1: no, because 4 was... This so, will be Soul Calibur six, won't it? Is it? I think so. Okay, here's the problem. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because four that's was that's what we're seeing right
0: now, actually. That's six. Yeah.
1: So four had the guest characters. Two um, also had guest characters because it had Link and yeah, Link and Spawn. Remember yeah. Spawn? It's so weird. <laughs> and Heihachi. Yeah. And then this, then five it had, had Master Chief. Yeah. It had Master Chief, um, what else did it have? Well, wait, who had... um... Darth Vader, Yoda. Yeah. So that was five. Yeah. Four. That was four.
0: Yeah, that was Soul Calibur four. Star Wars was four. Yep. And this is five we're seeing right here. So the new one will be six. Okay. But here's the thing about Soul Calibur, though, is it's not like other fighting games because it's all weapon-based.
1: Nah, it doesn't really matter. You don't think it matters? No, it's basically Tekken with longer reach in a lot of ways. Um it's very similar to, to, to Tekken with a faster pace and a and a more fluid kind of combo system to me. But the weapons do matter. Eh, I, mean, I mean they give you range. There's you know, you can just extend the the range of a punch. There's characters in Tekken that have the same kind of range differentials that happen.
0: Some of the characters in Soul Calibur have a lot of range. Oh yeah. Some of the ones some, with like the chain. Some of the
1: characters in Tekken do too. Like it's 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 just a hitbox. It doesn't, it, it doesn't really change anything. It's, the, it's an aesthetic choice. But no you matter.
0: have to have a visual representation to fill out that hitbox. Well, yeah, you can't you, just create an, an, an invisible character. Like, you have to have right, an you appendage. Can, you, can make it,
1: you can make it fire or an, or a, an energy or something. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, it's all aesthetics. If you prefer the look of characters with weapons, Soul Calibur is going to be more appealing to you. But it doesn't actually physically change the gameplay. The gameplay is completely open to however you want to do it in a fighting game. So, I would disagree with that. I think there's a difference between Soul Calibur and Tekken. Without a There doubt. is a difference, but it has nothing to do with the weapons. It has to do with the speed and the fluidity of it. And you don't need weapons to do that. You don't need them, but I think that that's what they've used in this case to, to represent that. But that's not, it's not key to it. It's just a difference between the series. Uh, I also miss the days when you could knock the weapon out of the guy's hand, which, yeah. was, which was in the original.
0: Yeah, I agree. They went away from that.
1: Actually, I think the reason we were... One of the reasons I was so mixed up on the numbers just now is I just remembered that, like, the first Soul calibre is actually Soul Edge. Right. And then Soul the calibre is actually and... Soul Edge 2, and then they right. started over with the numbers.
0: Yeah. And then at first it was two words, Soul calibre,
1: Right. And now it's just one word. Right. <laughs> because it's technically... Stuff like that drives me crazy. Because it's caliber. Right. And because uh, it's one, <laughs> so it's one word. Yeah,
0: yeah. And remember, did they make that weird like action adventure hack and slash for Wii? Oh yeah, yeah. What was yeah. that called? Soul Calibur. Mm, I can't remember. Legends or something. It was like that. so bad, yeah. though. It <laughs> was so freaking terrible. So here we are, Soul Calibur Six. What would you like to see in it, Matt? And does it have a place now?
1: Um, probably not. No. Like, I mean, like in terms of like a tournament scene, Meh. Like. People, I mean, Tekken hangs on there, but I don't think Soul Calibur has the cachet to do it.
0: Tekken's kind of on the fringe of the competitive yeah. fighting scene.
1: Yeah, it's it's out there on the outskirts, yeah. sort of out there with like Injustice and right. and those games. And because like well, part of Tekken and Soul like the the the, the Bamco uh, <laughs> fighters problems is like they don't quite fit the anime fighter. At all subgenre, yeah, and they don't quite fit the the Western fighting genre, and like they sort of exist in their own world, and there's such a different skill set. And Virtua Fighter has this problem too. Uh, So I'm not like trying to bash Soul Calibur and Tekken. I'm just saying like they're they're a different take, and it's a different skill set, and people just don't feel like they want to like focus on that. They want to focus on the games that are more popular and thus have larger prize purses. Um, So these games kind of live or die by who wants to play them together in their living rooms. And it just doesn't seem to be a, a genre that, that does that beyond a certain audience. Uh, I don't know if a new Soul Calibur is a tremendously wise idea.
0: I think fighting games in general right now are risky, in all honesty. I think that they, uh, they're just not selling the way that they used to. And I think it's hard to ask $60 for a fighting game now, um, particularly one that hasn't been around now. I mean, Soul Calibur six was last gen, so it's been at least five years mm-hmm. since... The last one came out. And
1: I honestly, I didn't play this one much. I found it kind of blah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot, you know, this. I don't know. I don't know if there's much left to do with this series. Like, are you ever going to make something better than Soul Calibur 2? Probably not.
0: Well, I think the games that sold best were 2 and 4.
1: And mm. those were
0: the games that kind of had the gimmick where you could fight as Link, or you could fight as Yoda, or you mm. could fight as Spawn, or whatever. And it seemed like once it went back to, hey, here's our roster of guys, right. that's when it kind of started to bottom out. It was.
1: It, I mean, that's part of the reason I don't remember a lot about the last one is, like, there just wasn't anything notable about it. Like, there was nothing. Even, even though I kind of thought putting the Star Wars characters in it was stupid. Yeah. Like, at least it was, a, it was an thing. Well, Link didn't make
0: any sense either, but.
1: I like playing as Link. Well, of He's course fun.
0: I like playing as him. But, I mean, if you think about the universe of the game, it made zero sense that he was there. Just it made just as much sense as
1: Star Wars or Spawn mm. being there. I just think there's no like because like, like you know games like Injustice, like the Warner Brothers games Injustice and Mortal Kombat, they sell really they sell better than Star even Street Fighter Four. I mean they they're millions and millions of copies, but it's because they give you a ton of stuff to do single player, have a player, campaign, have a campaign to play, that gets you yeah. involved. Like you, you know there's characters that people have attachments to over the years. I don't feel like Soul Calibur has that. What is the most iconic character from Soul Calibur? Baldo. Probably Voldo. Like, <laughs> I mean, think like about meme, that. Like meme-wise, probably. I mean, like to me, or like, just like if somebody like says me, if name you're gonna... me
0: a soul-caliber character.
1: What? It, who is it? Like that's, that's my. I would say Mitsurugi or Taki first, because Taki or probably. um yeah. or uh, Ivy. People know Ivy. No because Ivy,
0: because she's hot.
1: She's she's got well, <laughs> she's something. And, yeah. she's got, she, and she's got the coolest weapon. Right. She has the chainsaw. yeah. yeah. Thing. Uh, and then you're kind of in like. But think about that.
0: That is what drives a fighting game: the characters. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to name Any Iconic characters from yeah, Soul Calibur I
1: mean, You know, there's Killick Yeah do you, remember, you remember what weapon he uses? I, I used to use him, so I remember Was it a short sword? No, he had a bow He had, oh, a, bow, a, he had yeah. a staff Yeah um, uh, Sophistina sophist, Sophistia Sophistia uh, I think you're illustrating my point perfectly and uh, she was like the greek sword and no, shield no i remember her
0: yeah she um, actually used a short sword i believe
1: yeah there's there's the nunchuck guy and there's the uh <laughs> uh sigfried and and uh, nightmare obviously the the, the the guys who the corrupted by the sword and um there you go and yeah, there's no. the Tom It's
0: hard to be Tompa successful girl. with a character driven game with no memorable
1: characters. There's the guy with an axe Who's he was Who he? You know a big guy. A big like barbarian guy with the axe. I don't remember. I they just showed him right there. Um
0: Uh This is gonna drive me bonkers. We need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bottom line is it is uh it has an uphill climb to be a successful game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Soul Cal- Caliber, I believe. When Street Fighter V, which is a pretty good game, that has had all the promotion that it's had, all the tournament exposure it's had, it was on ESPN how many times in front of a more casual audience and you still can't sell more than 3 million copies
1: years and years mm. later? I think part of that is also that like the business model of Street Fighter V is alienating. Yeah. Um, presu- There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, but... Presumably uh, Soul Calibur would not do that. Because they didn't do that with Tekken Seven. Yeah. So. I don't know. Like, it, Tekken it, Seven
0: sold what around a million in the U.S. I think. That's maybe. The last time I saw. I
1: haven't. I haven't been keeping up with that.
0: And maybe that's enough
1: for. Maybe. I don't. I don't know what the economics of kind of like mid-tier Japanese fighting games. I, I'm are.
0: guessing the the development costs of those games are pretty low.
1: Yeah. I mean, in comparison. Relatively to speaking. Like, yeah. yeah. Comparisons to a Battlefront. Yeah. Or
0: even in comparison to, like, Injustice. Like, I think Injustice's budget is probably way bigger than the budget for pretty much any Japanese fighting game. Mm. Um, so, we'll see. PSX is coming up soon. It's December 10th? Is that right? Just, like, a couple of days after the Game right Awards? Right around the Game Awards,
1: yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. We're gonna get that
0: double whammy coming up here soon, folks. By the way, we're gonna get the Game Awards and mm-hmm. PSX with both, which both both are known for at this point for debuting games. And
1: I'm certainly not known for awards. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's a perfect segue into our next topic, which is the Game Awards 2017. So yesterday, Jeff Keeley put out the nominees for the Game Awards. Um, I will say that it was the most discussed topic on Sifted in the last month. Mm. As far as just stuff that we curate to the site that gets the users generating conversation, it had the most comments of any piece of curated content from the last month. Mm. Um, And I think what seems to be generating the most controversy and uh, discussion is the fact that PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds has been nominated for multiple awards at the Game Awards. it's a slippery slope. One thing you got to remember with the Game Awards is any game released in
1: December, I believe, is not eligible. Yeah, November like, 23rd or something is the cutoff usually, I think. Yeah, so any game in December doesn't count. So while
0: it is officially releasing this year mm-hmm. on Xbox... Yeah, because
1: let's not forget, last that was why Last Guardian didn't get nominated last year for anything. Right. And didn't get nominated this year for anything because nobody remembers it. Yeah. Also, it wasn't really that good. It probably doesn't deserve it. I mean, this it year is so amazing. I mean, it, it, the animation of that character was really yeah, good.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe it deserves, deserves an art not at least uh but you're right people completely forgotten about it and it had, didn't sell well and it didn't do great with yeah. critics really so i can kind of see why it's fallen by the wayside but player battlegrounds will be coming out for xbox one mm-hmm. here in just a few weeks actually i was pretty surprised to see that it was coming out in early december um it's been in early access on pc pretty much most of this this year mm-hmm. Um, but people are in an uproar over this game getting nominated for awards, saying that because it's technically in early access that it shouldn't deserve to get nominations or win any awards. How do you feel about that whole discussion, Matt?
1: Well, I agree with that. If it's if it's not out yet, it doesn't get nominated. But it's such a phenomenon that I understand that they want to capitalize and get to get interest going. But you say it's not out yet, but it is out. It's because not out you until can, it's re- You can released. pay money for it and buy it and play it early access it's not out but isn't that just like as the screen says semantics no because uh by that rationale star citizen's out is it playable yeah it's been playable for two years you can go on and play the hangar and fly around and shoot at people and do the whole thing. you can just play like a basic version of the game it's early access but is access. there any
0: structure to the game or you is there no it...
1: structure to this game well yeah there so is there's a multiplayer there's the game mode. So multiplayer—it's the, it's the multiplayer mode of Star Citizen. That's what's up. Also,
0: oh, Star Citizen does have like multiplayer. That's
1: mode the whole to point. Play. Like, there's a Squadron 42, which is the single-player wing commander-style campaign, but Star Citizen itself is the open multiplayer game. Right, That's and that all is. works now. I mean, it doesn't work to the scale that like it's supposed to in the final, but you can get in your ship, certain ships, and fly around and shoot at people and you know do the whole thing and
0: there's like consequences and like the whole well, like the, the whole structure of the game is
1: there it's like it's it's more like kind of a one off multiplayer kind of thing so it's more like a multiplayer like arena i would say so it's not like it's not like if your ship gets blown up you got to go get insurance and replace it with in-game money and shit like is that that'll be part but of but the there are game.
0: goals and but you can that run... you can accomplish you can accomplish missions and
1: yeah they're like i think they're a little like like getting you cargo stuff and thinking stuff i think i haven't played it in like almost i mean year. i think
0: you agree with me that PUBG is a game it's yeah. not like this but weird it's thing early at, run i mean if
1: it's if it's done if it's out why isn't it 1.0? Like that's what early access means. Early but Isn't access that access- a semantic too though? Just saying if it's if I just it's think 0. It's, 9, it's not no. 1.0. It, well, I mean, no, that's development. I mean, that's what numbers mean. I mean, if I if 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 I owe you a hundred thousand dollars and I give you ninety thousand instead, you're not going to feel like I paid you back. Like that. That point one. I don't matters. think
0: that's an app comparison. Though.
1: Well, but I mean, saying the point one matters. Like that's you know that's presumably. There's a reason they haven't stuck that one in front of the decimal point. Um, and like, yeah, I just think it's interesting that the, the argument seems to shift uh, to the point where, where people argue against early access. Like, how, don't you can't sell me a game that's not finished That early access is wrong or whatever. And then as soon as... A but game no is, game's
0: finished anymore. And as
1: soon as a game that comes out that's really good in early access, someone's like, oh, well, it should get nominated. But see, it's that's like, the
0: thing, though. No game is finished anymore. Every game, when it's released, regardless of what number they put behind it, I mean look, the fact of the matter is most people who buy games have no idea that this is not 1.0. They don't know. They just know they can buy PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds and play it and have a blast playing it. And yeah, if you we'll put- look at the way the games work now, no games ever done. Every game comes out and then it's just patched over and over and over again and you wouldn't even know if they were patched. Like some games will actually put the dinky little like version number up there. Like Call of Duty actually mm-hmm. does that. But most games don't even do that. So outwardly to most consumers, all they know is they can buy the game and play the game and it works. And I think to the average consumer, that game is quote unquote out. Well, I would argue that
1: A, the game awards are not for the average consumer. B, the people organizing organizing the game awards should know better than the average consumer. And see, it doesn't really matter because no one cares.
0: It's not going. Well, I think it does. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because it's not going to win anything.
1: I think it might win, uh, like if there's like a player, like a, a public award, like a best player, thing. best PUBG game of 2020. Well, no, I think it might win a, if you're if you're putting it up for voting, and uh, if there's a voting award, a audience choice or something. I bet that's where it would win.
0: I don't know. if the, I think there's just like one category for user votes. I, well, I've been voting
1: on the little website thing for everything. I don't oh, know, really? And I, I'm, I think I don't know if that's because they. That, I don't think that's how they determine. But I think there's be like an audience choice. Oh of, wait,
0: so it's all determined by voting? Player I have voting?
1: no idea, but uh, there's a website where you can vote for your pick on each category, and all of them. I think every day you can do it. Oh wow! Um, oh geez. And I think uh, I, I don't think that's how they're determining who wins, but I think there might be an audience, you know, kind of a Rotten Tomatoes score and an audience tomato meter thing i think they might be doing something (laughs) like that i don't know like
0: putting it in the hands of the fans is a huge mistake that jeff Keeley should have learned from because when we did the spike video game awards we would give one award to fans every year and it would undoubtedly become an unmitigated disaster like (laughs) madden would win like everything (laughs) like i'm not kidding like it would win best graphics like game of the year like everything
1: well, because like at that, when you do that, you're opening it up to whatever sold the most.
0: Yeah. You know? Or and, whatever, and that's this game. Or whatever game has the biggest social media following, essentially. Right. It's just like the influencer of the year, or, or whatever. Who's, or whatever
1: group's willing to like. You know, it's like the uh, the you know, the Game Pack character contest where Zelda wins every year, right? Because <laughs> the Nintendo fans organized. I forgot to, about those. Do they still it. do those? Yeah, they still do. There was a controversy last year where someone other than Zelda won. Oh, or, really? Yeah. Some like. God, what game was so wait, it? Wait, is it Zelda or Link that wins? Link. It, Link. it, it, no, it was. It was. It, it was game. So it's Ocarina. Oh, Ocarina wow. usually won. Right. Right. And well, um, I've also seen
0: other websites. I think ScrewAttack does like character battle things now. Yeah, I
1: can't remember. But I can't remember like there was. Oh, uh, Undertale. Undertale. The Undertale fandom organized and made Undertale win the, the, the game battle oh. uh, on GameFacts last year or something. That's all it takes. I mean, it's
0: so easy to and manipulate. it. the the
1: because yeah. Ocarina always wins, and like there were people like. Furious that Ocarina didn't win because it was like like I remember reading a post where somebody was like this it's like a holiday tradition or something that Ocarina wins this and now my whole month is ruined and just, it was just like it was like so apparently for some people this was just a yearly affirmation that Ocarina of Time was the best game ever made and I'm like well that seems to defeat the purpose of really the does. whole thing right yeah.
0: but yeah. I don't think PUBG is gonna win anything man because. Most people okay. Well, I'll, this while I'll it's say very. I mean, they're just now getting vaulting into right. the game. Like, Look,
1: all I'll say, well uh, Oh, so it's it's not finished, is what you're saying? No, I didn't. It's stuff. not finished.
0: Yeah. But you no, know, and I said no game is ever finished these days. They're constantly being updated. No, usually
1: vaultings changed. in the game by the time it comes out at retail. Well,
0: it sounds like his original design doc. He even would want to have vaulting in it, and he mm-hmm. listened to player complaints and then decided to put it in.
1: What a weird thing to not put in in, a, in a post-San Andreas world. Well,
0: we can talk about another game here in a little bit that does. Doesn't have vaulting in it.
1: True. <laughs> True. It
0: has a much bigger budget. Deep. <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: That's what jetpacks are for. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um. All I will say is, okay, so fine. Like you want to, you want to cheat the early access thing. Maybe, maybe okay. You beat it by three weeks. It's not that big a deal, I guess. But this thing better not be nominated for anything next year. Yeah. Well, no, I agree. It's with done. They got oh, it. Yeah, it's yeah, got to stick. Sure. I mean, yeah.
0: You and get that's kind of the
1: downside for fans of the game, and maybe for the game itself, is like. Once it's done, once it's available on consoles at retail, where you can see it in Walmart and buy it there, like I, I, and it'll improve and have you know added stuff and and refinement and polish. I bet it would have a better shot at winning some of these categories. It would. Well, even the. I feel like this is jumping the gun in the name of getting people to watch.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, Player Unknown himself came out this week and said, "I don't want it to win anything." How do you know it's him? Well, because people now know who Player Unknown is.
1: It's just it's all upside it's all down. All of us. It's
0: <laughs> but he came out and said, I totally understand if it doesn't win anything, I don't think it should win anything, blah, blah, blah. So he kind of let everybody mm. off the hook with his
1: statement, so to speak.
0: But I mean it is <laughs> He's like if you need me, I'll
1: just be throwing cash in the air. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I do agree with your point. It's like um and maybe he's trying to say, Look, I want to wait till the game is better for you to consider it for awards. Yeah. Because he probably knows his he probably knows like a year
1: from now it's gonna look it'll have a much better year.
0: chance of winning an award than it would right now. So there's all kinds of mm. weird things going on here, and you're absolutely right. I believe I mean, PUBG is a big story. It won't be next year. So Keeley is trying to you know basically trampoline mm. off of that to get more promotion for the show. I'm sure he knew Keeley's a really smart guy. He knew this was going to be controversial. Yeah.
1: He it's knew the correct marketing choice. It
0: totally is. He knew putting it in there was going to do stuff like it did on Sifted, where we have the most comments of any story in the month from anything curated, and it's happening all over the place. We're talking about it on Game Face right now. We're showing the Game mm-hmm. Awards logo running on our show right now. Yeah. It's all a part of the master plan.
1: Yeah. We've, we've gotten that award out that award logo out to dozens more people. <laughs> dozens.
0: But you think eventually it, it goes up on the site, people watch the archive, yeah. and then it goes on YouTube. And there's thousands of people now Who will know about the Game Awards Who may not have known Or maybe they just They knew it was coming They didn't know what the date was
1: Or it was blah, one of those blah, blah, things blah. Where you're like Oh right That's almost well, time for that again But it's you gotta remember like, yeah. We're
0: just one show Out of hundreds of shows yeah, and everyone that, will be talking about right, it Right I mean it's It's gonna work Right It's like I said It's the right marketing Ultimately. choice Ultimately And I'm actually kind of surprised That Player Unknown Didn't reach out to Jeff And be like Hey like Try to lobby a little bit And say you know I'd prefer
1: if you could hold this yeah. till next year. Because I think he'd agree with me that it's not out yet.
0: Oh yeah, because he knows it's gonna get better. Yeah. And a year from now, it will be a much better every and I, game. I will feel be, like but. even
1: if the the furor over it dies down over the next year, I feel like it's not gonna be Last Guardian style forgotten next December. Like, yeah, it's still gonna be. Well, it's a, it's thing. a
0: multiplayer game, so it's, people will still be playing it. And yeah, still be, still be talking. It, it appears that they're gonna keep improving it. So uh yeah i mean it'll be a much better game this time next year will it get nominations probably not because yeah. by then there'll probably be five more clones of right. pubg
1: And maybe one of those will get nominated it's possible and win <laughs> it's possible and then it'll start all over again. yeah
0: and then the final thing i wanted to talk about with uh the game awards is the live game award basically best game as a service award oh the ongoing game or whatever thing yeah what I was how do you feel about that?
1: Eh, sure, I don't
0: care. I don't care. Like how the, do you even classify that to say whether the a game belongs in that
1: category or it doesn't, though? Um, whatever is most marketing friendly, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. look, technically that could be War, World of Warcraft or Hearthstone or or right. Freaking EverQuest is still and running. Did, and look, what are the parameters for that? Did it have right. to come out this
0: year? Then how do you even know it's a live game if it's only been around for, for five a couple months? months? Yeah. I mean that award to me just seems.
1: What? It's but, well, I think it's because the, those games have very large audiences, and it's a good way to try to get those audiences interested in watching the show. So does that mean that, like, Rainbow Six Siege
0: was eligible last year, and now it's eligible this year, and now it'll be eligible next year?
1: Uh, the like, an- how the does answer, that work? I don't know. The answer probably comes down to what how much Ubisoft is willing to put in the premieres. I mean... I mean, look. This show is about like getting people to watch by teasing them with premieres and reveals, and the awards are basically incidental.
0: No, you're absolutely so, right. Yeah, and I'm just wondering. We're not, we're not
1: impugning the purity of the freaking Nobel Prize here. We're we're basically like we're it's it's a it's a giant commercial. Yeah. And whatever you need to put in those awards categories to get those people to watch the commercial, that's what you got to do.
0: Yeah, and I'm wondering if there's some other stuff going on behind the scenes here. Yeah, I mean, they do...
1: Ha- he, he did say that it's the most premieres of any game awards so far. And the, la- the most, I think, they've had before was 12 or 13.
0: Last year was pretty disappointing on that front, yeah, though. Yeah, but you
1: go back, to I think, three years and they had, like, 13 reveals. I think. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be 13 or 14...
0: The number, new trailers
1: but, and reveals of new games and stuff. Here's the
0: thing though, the number doesn't mean that much to me. Because, well no, because like
1: 10 of those could be games you don't care about.
0: Which is pretty much what happened last year. Right. I mean, most of the premieres, at the end I was like, really Jeff? Like You gave these people time on your show for this? like, And only so he could say we you have had many. X many. And so you can come on a show like this and say, mm-hmm. there's more this year. There's 15 this year instead of the 12 that we had or whatever. And this is why people turn
1: televisions off. No, you're right. Because the marketing wheels within wheels. Because
0: that's the, that is a problem though. Because if you you need eyeballs for a show like this, mm-hmm. I mean, he has sponsors and things like that. He needs eyeballs. I don't know if you look at the overall good the overall good of the show having a bunch of third rate quote unquote exclusives in the show ultimately is a good idea. It may get people to show up and watch the first hour of your show. But by hour two, they're gonna start tuning out when they start to realize, hey, all these premieres actually aren't all that big.
1: No, they won't tune out though, because they'll be like, Well, the big one must be last. Or they or they the or
0: the show itself will keep saying, and we're gonna see the first footage of Death Stranding, and that's exactly what we're gonna see this year.
1: <laughs> if there's one thing you can bet we'll see, it's gonna be some Death Stranding. It's gonna be some gameplay and some Death Stranding. It's gonna be some Death Stranding and there's gonna be something from Nintendo.
0: Well, it's funny because it's so obvious that uh, Keely and Kojima have a bromance. Oh, yeah. And it's He's not also... its not even like he tries to hide it oh, or... No. The man cried on even, stage. Yeah, or he it. even, like, it... like, tries to, like, crack jokes about it and have levity about it. Like, I don't know if you saw, like, go back, Sam, and show, like, the this year's nominee. The first thing they show in their trailer is Kojima. Mm. Walking up on stage and him and Jeff and It's just crazy. So, you know... Death Stranding is going to be Cars. the first gameplay is going to be shown. He has the game really World.
1: good relationships with with Kojima and Nintendo, so you can expect something from. I don't think people are saying Metroid Prime. I don't think that's going to happen, but like there'll be something from Nintendo. Maybe the premiere of the the Zelda deal or the or Donkey
0: Kong game. Donkey Kong
1: game could be. I mean, Reggie's already been hinting at that, and
0: uh, you know oh. there are rumors that Metroid. I don't know if you've heard this or not. There are rumors that Metroid Prime Four is being created by Bandai Namco. Wow! Have you heard that? I had not heard that. Yeah, that that rumor. I don't is, like hearing that. That rumor is swirling around right now.
1: Well, I guess the "Remember Me" people got to do something. Or Take that a with a
0: huge grain of salt, by the way. Do not quote me on that. If that's not that true, would be
1: that would be a very weird move. I'm
0: just telling you what I've been hearing over the last couple of weeks through various conversations I've had.
1: So, although it would mean that Samus might end up in uh, Soul Calibur Six.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, if you remember, Bandai Namco made a Star Fox game, Star Fox Assault, right. which is that was that weird like on foot shooter where they all had like rocket launchers mm-hmm. or whatever. So it wouldn't be the first time that they've had this relationship. But I have heard that. But after
1: that Star Fox game, you think it would be the last?
0: Yeah, because it was terrible. <laughs> it was not good. It was really terrible. And I've heard that from more than one person. So hmm. just put it out there, take it with a huge grain of salt. That's what hmm. that's kind of the rumors
1: that are making the rounds right now. So But I've I've also I have heard I haven't heard the the Bondi Namco thing, but I did hear Metroid Prime 4's uh, premiere stuff is gonna be in the direct in January. Okay. So
0: Well, so I don't think we'll see Metroid Prime at the Game Awards. I don't think so. Um, I would like to. But I think but I Retro's think. new game maybe. Because if Retro's not making Metroid
1: yeah, it feels like Donkey Kong is about the level of bone they would throw to Jeff.
0: It also show.
1: would be so disappointing if Retro was making a Donkey Kong game. But,
0: I think uh, Can something
1: be disappointing and expected at the same time?
0: <laughs> yes, I like, guess it can. Yes, it yes. can. Absolutely, it can. So,
1: You're disappointed, me, it's what you expect. Yeah.
0: So. so anyway, back on to the Games as a Service award. I have a feeling that some And of the, What's the criteria for that? That's what I'm saying. Is it the best game, or is it the best service, or is it the best the, game that the service continues forever? Like, right. I, th- how do you determine? I don't know what the criteria are. I don't are get on that. it either. But uh, are you going to go to the Game Awards?
1: No, no. I'll watch them. I just got an email for an invite. I don't think. I don't think I got an email. You, previ- I have gone a couple times, but I think I took your invite for it. Or something you like did that. take my invite yeah. one time.
0: I, uh, the last time I went, I did not go last year, because I was actually, I had something else going on that I couldn't go to, but I went the year before, and I just didn't really have fun, to Mm -hmm. be perfectly honest with you. The show takes a long time to tape, um, and the, uh, the audience was, like, really empty. Yeah. And, like, I ended up sitting with, like, this PR person I've known for a long time, and, like, you couldn't even really talk, because, obviously, the show's going on, and there's just all this downtime, and the typical TV stuff, where they try to get the audience riled up, and... And then I went to the after party, and it was this weird thing where there was, like, a VIP area, and everybody was in the VIP area, so the whole rest of the party was, like, lame. Like, I don't know. I just didn't have that much fun. And then last year, I couldn't go at all, so I'm really kind of teetering on whether I'm going to go These kind of year. things
1: I tend to find, um, and maybe, I don't know if it's me getting old, or if it's me just having been to too many of these things, but a lot of times I feel like you get a better experience just watching the stream. Yeah. I mean,
0: a lot of sports are that
1: way now. Oh yeah, like I mean, even hardcore NFL fans will say like, "Oh, if you game a game I care about, I'm gonna watch it at home."
0: Yeah, and I don't know if you probably didn't watch the game last night, but they just debuted this new Skycam thing that makes it look like you're playing Madden when you watch an NFL game. Oh yeah, game. I saw
1: some because I was at uh, I was at City Walk for um, Justice League, yeah. and uh, they uh, on that big giant screen by the theater they were playing the game. I freaking love it. I love it. And the audience hated it because I thought I, I thought it. it was like a game trailer. For yeah. it. So I'm like, why are they showing man? Oh, that's the that's the actual. I thought it was game. incredible. But you're right. Going back to what we're actually talking about,
0: it. Yeah. A lot of times, it is better to just watch it on a nice, nice TV. And also, I think because like there, look,
1: there's. There's points during, when I went to the Game where there were points where I'm like, man, I wish I could do something else for a while. Like yeah. This second, like, it's like I can multitask while But I'm... it's a
0: problem because they do crowd shots all the time. Right. And you don't want to be the guy. And, you know, Jeff knows us. So <laughs> yeah. if we're, like, in the crowd, like, looking at our <laughs> cell phones, <laughs> when they do a crowd shot, it's not a good look. So I don't know. We'll see. But, man, last time I went, the, the seats were half empty.
1: Yeah, they've always been like that. They've... The very first one was pretty crowded. Um, but it seems to. Have oh yeah, gone the first down. the first one was like everybody I knew went. We uh, everybody went, and then like the next year I'm like, oh, I was going to the game. i was like, like, no. And then it was a few like, more, yeah. and yeah, and the last year I went, it was literally
0: I don't know how they they probably couldn't do the crowd shots in a way that uh, made it look. Well, I think right, we said
1: last year like they need to, he needs to get a smaller venue. Yeah, uh, I don't know, is it the same place? Again? I think it is. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even look at the invite yet. A smaller venue it. would make it look more packed and make it look like more of a, you know. Yeah. I mean, even like the Oscars have a pretty small theater when yeah. you get down to it. I mean, it's, vertically it's tall, but like when you just look at the floor, like it's not that many seats. And like, yeah. it, and that's fine. It, you know, it's better to have it look packed than to have it look big.
0: For sure. Without a doubt. And you can be smart with how you place your cameras and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. To like make. that shot looks good. This is from like three years ago, yeah. I think. This is old B roll. This isn't from last year. Well, I guess it's the Overwatch winning something. So it's what, two years old? Overwatch, yeah, have been last year, so this is last year's bureau. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I wish Keeley luck. I mean, he goes out on a huge limb to create this. He's spending a lot of his own money to do it. Um, I mean, clearly, it's something he believes in, and is a labor of love for sure. So. Yeah, and we have, I have lots of friends who work on the production with him as well. Oh, yeah. And, um, so you know, a lot of people that I care about are working on this. So I wish him the best. Yeah. But but
1: like sometimes labors of love. Come, you know, crash headlong into the realities. Of, yeah, of I've been the dealing with that and for like, the yeah. last
0: like two years, trying to make money off sifted. So I totally get it, and I wish him luck uh, and hope that they do well. But December seventh, I believe it is. Is that
1: a Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Mm, I want to say that's a Thursday. I can, know, uh, uh, I can figure that out. Thursday, real quick. yeah. Is it a Thursday? I think probably because so. running
0: that space would be uh, really expensive on the weekends. Uh, the seventh is Thursday. Yeah. Yep. So Fine. So, good luck Thursday, December 7th I think it's streaming in 4K as well mm-hmm. um, So if you, those of you The 13%, you 13 percenters yeah. Who have 4K TVs uh, You'll actually be able to And I think all the trailers are running in 4K as well mm-hmm. Which is great that he's getting out ahead of it And actually giving people some uh, content For their 4K environment So there you go, December 7th Thursday night, the Game Awards so we am going to talk next about the NPD report. Matt, I brought you in a sheet there that has a rundown of the NPD, if you want to look at it. Did you? Yeah, there should be one over there. No. Sam, I think maybe Sam has it. I put my gum on it. <laughs> put your gum on it? <laughs> See what happens? I try to prepare. I have documentation for Matt, and Sam puts his gum on it. There you go, hole. Where the gum used to be. That's excellent. Uh, So, uh, October MPD came out. Uh, Nintendo completely dominated, by the way. (laughs) I mean, dominated. The Switch and the SNES Classic were the two top selling pieces of hardware. Winter Mint? (laughs) Oh, I can smell it from here. (laughs) That's so nasty. (laughs) Uh, Nintendo dominated October. The Switch and the SNES Classic, the two top-selling pieces of hardware in the U.S. Mm -hmm. for that month. Um, PlayStation 4 has still outsold Switch overall for 2017, but it's pretty freaking close. Switch has destroyed Xbox in 2017. Um, Overall sales down 11% year
1: over year. Wow, that was already a low year last year.
0: Right, and so you have hardware that actually sold better this month year over year Software, way mm. down And this, way is all, down. this
1: is physical copies only
0: So, you can right? see On the list that you're looking at mm-hmm. The ones with the asterisks Are the ones that did not include digital Okay. Um, but all the other ones did Because now MPD is starting to include digital Which is sales Which
1: looks like mostly uh, Switch. Nintendo yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, Nintendo doesn't give MPD Its digital sales numbers
1: I would think Switch sales are Strongly physical still though I would think that would, like, I've I've certainly not bought any digital, all the Switch games I've bought have been cartridges, the cartridge. Every game I buy, I buy
0: retail. I don't buy any digital, but every game that's sent to me for evaluation mm-hmm. is code.
1: If, so. I'm, if I buy something that's heavily multiplayer-focused, I will usually buy digital. Um, like, if I was going to buy Splatoon 2, I would get that digitally, because I just don't like have to swap discs and stuff out to play a quick round of something. How silly is it, though, that if you buy a game digitally,
0: you don't need a disc, but if you have the retail version, you have to have the disc?
1: Yeah, well, we we, we uh, shut that down when Microsoft tried to solve that problem So by adding more problems, yeah. But, like, people like to be able to sell, re- sell resell that disk, and if you do that, you have to have a way to make sure the disk still is in there, because otherwise you don't own the game anymore.
0: But shouldn't it have, like, some kind of an authentication saying, it's been installed here? Like, how, you know, when digital, there's got to be
1: some kind of a handshake that's going on. Yeah, but then, like... That's basically the handshake that was supposed to be existing on the original the Xbox One, and people freaked out. Right. So because where can we have nice things? Well, because if you do that, <laughs> then get, you can't let it install on any other Xbox. Otherwise, right. if you if you get you can just install it on yours and play it whenever you want, and I can take your disc, install it on mine, play it whenever I want. Like that, you have to have a digital signature in there, and that was the thing that the Xbox One was going to do, and everybody freaked out about. So right. that's why we don't have that. Yep. Yes, yeah, why you got to put a disc in? And some people would prefer to have to put a disc in, then they'll lose the value on their game that way.
0: Yeah. So software is way, is down way more than 11% year over year because this, the 11% takes into account the fact that it was a great month for hardware mm. and overall sales still down 11%. Now, one thing I will say is, and I don't have this on here, is that peripheral sales were way down mm-hmm. um, year over year because last year there was a couple driving games that were released in October that people lot of a bunch of wheels Some Wheels, was, okay. Um But otherwise, this is a huge dip downwards uh, let's start going through uh, the top 20 game sales across mm-hmm. all platforms. Number one, Middle Earth Shadow of War. Are you mm-hmm. surprised
1: by that at all, man? Nope. You're not? Nope. First game sold real well. First game was real well received. It second. sold the first game almost double yeah, already. Second, second game looked even better. so all. Also, like if you were wondering how many people care about loot boxes, that many. Almost nobody Nobody Yeah It didn't yeah. stop anyone from buying that game
0: No And there was a
1: lot of controversy around that yeah, game Almost
0: no. as much as the game that we're going to talk about next
1: Actually, I would say less Yeah I think Star Wars Battlefront uh, Got It was a bigger controversy because people know Star Wars Right Middle The Middle Earth thing didn't hit CNN No, you're right So Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, And also uh, Shadow of War you know, while the you know, you know, last act is a giant grind if you don't buy the loot boxes, yeah. if you enjoy playing the game, that's not a problem. Right. Um, and, like, I mean, really, it's over at that point. So, like, the loot boxes never factor into whether or not you can continue playing the game, unlike, say, Need for Speed, where you either repeat those races over and over again, or you can't progress in the story. Like, yeah. that doesn't happen in Shadow World. Right, right. Because... I think Warner Brothers has kind of figured out a way to put the loot boxes in that game in Injustice 2 without feeling like it's forcing you to buy something to progress. Um, I think that's the key. If you have to put them in there, and I'd prefer you didn't, but if you have to put them in there, make them optional for the impatient, as opposed to required for the people who want to get something done.
0: Yeah. And Shadow of
1: War it was unobtrusive enough, I guess, that it didn't freak, any, freak people out in the mainstream. and didn't become a, a, a major sticking point. I'm surprised Shadow of War came in first. I mean, um, I might be more surprised if it was up against stronger competition or if the Switch had... Some m- pretty stiff competition. The stiff competition is on the Switch and the Switch doesn't have enough units installed to... to. You know, if, if, if this was like four years into the Switch's life, I don't think Middle-Earth would outsold Mario. Well,
0: one thing we should keep in mind too also, is it was it was like Middle-Earth was there all month.
1: Right, I, and like Mario, Assassin's Creed, and uh, Wolfenstein were all... Th- Four days before the end of the month. Yeah. So this is four days for Mario. Yeah. And Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed also doing well.
0: Yep. So second place, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, A huge rebound for the franchise. Uh, I have got to say, Matt, I don't like it. No. No, I got about twelve hours in, and I really have no interest in playing it anymore. Mm. I got bored
1: by it. I haven't. I haven't played it recently because I got sidetracked by Battlefront this week, obviously. Uh, but I well, don't like- think it's a bad game, and I think it's probably it's definitely better than Unity.
0: If only for mm-hmm. as, it technically, it's so much better. Um, but I think story wise, I may like Syndicate better, and the characters like. The story in this game takes forever to get going. And then even when it does, it's just mm. not all that oh, interesting. Oh, it's a slow burn. I
1: also think they actually hacked it up to make it start faster, believe it or not. I think I think there's, like, the, the in-medi-res thing that happens here. I think originally you played through, like, his idyllic early life and had to go... Fi- I think they cut it way up to start with the open world and, like, gives you all the flashback stuff. I actually do like Bayek as a character. I, there's there's a lot of funny stuff in this game, mostly in the side quests Like he's got that same kind of, like tired professionalism that uh, I like in Geralt in Witcher 3. No, I get that vibe from him too, um, definitely. And he deals with a few idiots where he's just like, fine, whatever you want me to do, we'll do it. Because his job, you know, his job is kind of like an all-around sort of fix-it man sort of thing. Like, he just solves problems for people. I've played it for like 50-some hours, and I will go back and finish it. No oh, yeah. question. I, I think it's really good. Yeah, I haven't really um, enjoyed it, man.
0: I, I, uh, look, I And it's not
1: about the story. So, I mean, I like Bayek, and I like kind of the stuff that's happening here, but it's more about the setting and the historical areas. And That's sort of what the, kept me going for like yeah.
0: 12 hours until I got... I Once I had kind of seen everything... I didn't seen everything. I haven't unlocked all the
1: territories or anything. Neither have I. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm 50 in. But I guess, once yeah. I had
0: kind of hung out in egypt for 10 or 12 hours i was like i kind of get the gist of it and like there was just i don't like the combat either like you know they took out like the counter kills but the combat just still feels kind of clunky to me combat's a lateral move at
1: best yeah it's not uh it's not what it should be i feel like they need some more iteration on that and i just thought um, a lot of the
0: characters that i met i just didn't care about and everybody just seemed so anonymous in the game and everyone it, the the missions started getting repetitive almost right away it was like, go here and mm. kill this guy or find this thing. You have to kill all these guys and then find this thing. And I don't know. Like I, said, I mean, it's it got- could, look, it could get way better on down the road. But I got to this point where I was at an inflection point, basically, mm. where I was like, okay, I'm 12 hours in. I do need to start playing other stuff so I can talk about it on Game Face and do other content around it. But with games that really hit me, I'll stick with them, mm-hmm. and I'll kind of sacrifice that time. And this game, I just at that certain point, I was just like, I gotta go. I gotta well, move on. It's definitely, on.
1: it's a slow burn. There's no question about that. I mean, I the setting does a lot to keep keep me going on it. Um, if it was set in like Assyria or something, maybe I wouldn't still be playing it. But yeah. I think ancient Egypt is a, is is one of my uh, key points, and uh, I really like digging into tombs and crawling around and figuring out the little puzzles in there. It's I really like it. And I, I don't know if I like it um, character and story-wise as much as I like Syndicate, because I really like the characters in Syndicate. I really but like I, it too, but, yeah. And I think the, the combat is, is, uh, needs work. I think they've got the structure there, though. I think yeah. they, they've sort of they've aped The Witcher 3 enough that I think they've got the, the bones of something to hang something really good on. I agree with that. And this might not be necessarily it, but like it's, it's riding on its setting, and that's okay. But the next one they make the next one they make has got to be gripping. The next one they make has got to grab hold of you and not let go no matter, I don't care where it's set. you got to, you got to hit me with writing on the level of what The Witcher 3 hands over.
0: Yeah, and I mean, to me, the whole the game is called Origins. So the game to me is all about the origins of the Assassins and the Templars, and it does kind of introduce that stuff, like, right at the beginning, but then I just felt like it just went away and was gone for too long. You don't have enough interaction with, like, a main antagonist, and which is one of my biggest pet peeves well, in the, video games. Well, the
1: early thing here is, like, because I don't know how many people you've killed, like, main targets. Like, five, I think, So, six. Like, have you gotten to the second tier of them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, as, as you sort of uncover who's at the head of this, it all comes together. Um, it does sort of have, and I'm not done with it, the main story, mm-hmm. by any means, But it does have that thing that games tend to have these days where the story is really kind of act one. Like, the story is not a three-act structure. The story sort of never... The story sort of spends its whole running time establishing a premise. And the cliffhanger is almost like... I don't know if there's a cliffhanger in this game, because I haven't finished it. But the cliffhanger on a lot of games, Halo 5 did this too, where like... The cliffhanger is like the end of Act 1. It's like, and now the story is going to start. And it's like, what? Like, that's not a story. You didn't tell me a story. You told me a setup. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling that's where this game is going. So I understand what you're talking about. Um, I just find the the moment-to-moment gameplay in terms of exploration and running around and seeing Egypt to be really... uh, uh, It pulls me in. I like it. I'll say one thing. Anyone who buys it, you're going to get a ton of value out of it. Oh, yeah. I mean it's, it's huge.
0: And look, a lot of people aren't like me. They don't need to move on to some other game to play. So I think mm-hmm. if a lot of people, if they buy this, ultimately they're going to be like, wow, like I can play this for like the next 70 hours or whatever and not finish it 100%. Mm-hmm. I think someone tweeted me yesterday. They... They got a platinum and ninety seven percent of it and it was like sixty hours yeah, or something I saw like that. that. Yeah. So I mean I'm
1: taking my my damn time. So fifty hours in, I'm nowhere near hundred percent complete, but I do have like all the collectibles and I'm like five skills away from being fully upgraded and like I've been grinding all the all the crafting stuff and so and I just like I like running around doing like brainless open world stuff while I listen to podcasts and stuff in yeah, I so can It's see like that. it's a it's a nice pastime, you know? Um I dig it. I'm glad it sold well. I'd like to see them keep trying on this version of the franchise. I'd agree. Like the, I
0: agree. think like look, they, it's the right step. They made yeah. the right step towards the future of the franchise, but I just it just hasn't caught me and, mm. and got me caught up in. Well, I think I think it arena. really
1: comes down to uh, you know like the way that like people talk about the side quests in The Witcher Three with as much memory and fervor as they do with the main stories yeah and there's, there's even i saw even i saw a thread where people on twitter where people were, were saying like what are the best side quests in the witcher three and people were naming things and they're like i think that's the main story and i go i thought that was a side quest i think no, well, you quest can't is tell <laughs> <And> you <laughs> can't tell like there's stories that are told in the side quests of the witcher 3 that are as good as the main story of most games yeah and that's the kind of level of storytelling that, that assassin's creed needs to aspire to if they are going to adopt this structure yeah and origins i don't think hits that
0: but regardless, it sold really well in it its did. first month. But we'll see if like it was word of mouth first 4 days. Yeah, first 4 days. We'll see if word of mouth uh, is ultimately shares my opinion mm-hmm. or whether it shares other opinions. It would be a good Christmas And it Christmas. will keep selling very well. It would be
1: a good Christmas gift game just because it's like here 70 hours. Yeah, it's no, you're absolutely like, right. you are actually right.
0: And it's the type of gift you buy somebody, and they, you talk to them like six months later, they're like, hey! Yeah,
1: I'm
0: still I, playing it. Thank you!
1: <laughs> like, I, it lasted <laughs> me to my birthday. <laughs> like, you know? he like... laughed
0: at me like half the year or whatever. So you're right. It is kind of one of those, those things that'll keep on giving. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if it has legs. Because uh, even Syndicate sold okay its first, the first yeah. month, and then it kind of fell off a cliff. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, third place for October, after again after just a couple days, Super Mario Odyssey. No surprise there. Mm. Um, other Probably than, only
1: limited by the number of copies available. Yeah. Really.
0: Um, and, it, you know, you're right. And its install base, obviously, is competing on a kind of a different scale mm-hmm. from the other platforms. Like, I would
1: bet if... Because if, that's one of the starred ones, so it's not including digital sales. You include digital sales, I bet that was number one.
0: It is going to be the top-selling game for November, I'm guessing. Except I, for maybe Battlefront.
1: I, I feel like if I had to put money on it, I'd say Mario.
0: Yeah. It'll be close, I think. But yeah. I think Mario will probably win it. Because this, I mean, it's Metacritic average. Is it, what, like 94 or 95 mm-hmm. or something like that? I mean,
1: unless, like, even... Because also, remember, I think November sales will include a lot of Christmas shopping. Oh, yeah. so oh, a lot of sure. It's going to be on a lot of Christmas lists. I feel yeah. like that's going to be a factor as well. And I think Mario is going to do real, real well there. Uh, fourth place, South Park
0: the Fractured Butthole. I'm surprised mm. to uh,
1: see that come in at fourth. I don't know. Like South Park has a real built-in audience, in the first. I mean, game I think a so lot of people just bought it. Like, yeah, didn't read any reviews. we so like, just yeah. like,
0: I'm just buying it. Period. Yeah, I would not surprise me. And that was out for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in fifth place, NBA 2K18. Matt, NBA 2KT, 2K18, I believe, has be, now become the second best-selling game of 2017, behind Destiny 2. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? All right. It's huge. Like, I. it's, it's mind-blowing how big a basketball franchise can yeah, be. Yeah,
1: even with all the microtransaction stuff.
0: Yep. And then the rest of the list is pretty much all the usual suspects. WWE 2K18 comes in seventh. Um, FIFA was, FIFA 18 was sixth. Madden was eighth. Destiny 2 at ninth. Still staying inside mm-hmm. the top ten. Does not include digital for Destiny. Uh, Forza Motorsports 7. That's a debut, isn't it? At yeah. tenth. Tenth.
1: Tenth. 10th for the big Xbox One X... Exclusive for Q4. Yeah, I mean, obviously it came out before that. It was, so sad, But that was most of October it had there. It was yep. the beginning of October, so that was a whole month's worth of, sale, worth of sales there. It
0: beats Gran Turismo Sport, which comes in at 11. Which had less time, but... It did. Uh, that game... There is no discussion about no, Gran no Turismo one... Sport. No one even has reviewed the game. I think we wow. have one or two reviews curated on Sifted for GT Sport at this point. Think
1: about I that. I, I did ask one of my friends who's like a hardcore racing person, like, you know, she owns all the wheels, she does all yeah. the things. And um asked like, are you going to get GT Sport? And, and they're like, why would you? It was just like it was like a laugh. People laugh at me when I ask it. I mean, gonna look, I know GT it's a game. huge
0: game, so that's probably keeping the reviews from going up right away. But this game's now been out for like 3 yeah. weeks. <laughs> like But all the racing no all the racing
1: fans I know is like, I mean, they they're not in, super enchanted and enthusiastic about Forza yeah. 7. But I'm like, what about GT Sport? And they're like... Pfft. <laughs> like, they don't even give it a chance anymore. It's crazy. Like, it's not even on their list. Uh, Evil Within
0: 2, 13. Not tops. It's not good. Here's the real depressing one.
1: Wolfenstein 2 at 14. Yeah, well, I mean, that was four days. But, Still uh, though. Well, it was never going to sell Mario levels. But, like, it seems like maybe it's doing... I mean, Evil Within did not chart very well in the UK when it came out. Yeah. And, uh... It just if it's not Elder Scrolls, it feels like Bethesda's not selling much, much in the way of copies. Uh, the only other debut
0: is Fire Emblem Warriors at 17, with no digital.
1: Yeah, so. I didn't really expect that one to set the charts on fire. No,
0: I didn't either. It's it's a filler game for Nintendo, which is something Nintendo really hasn't had for a long time. Yeah. Every
1: game is for the last like three years has been an event for Nintendo. Yeah, I just feel like uh, I mean the Fire em- I enjoyed Fire Emblem Warriors for kind of what it was, but yeah. like it, it, you know, it's full price, which I think is a little much for I've that kind of game. That game seems like a, it seems like a forty dollar. Game at best, and uh, I also think like while the characters of Fire Emblem sort of lend themselves to the gameplay style, I feel like the fans of Fire Emblem don't want that. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like if you're a strategy turn-based strategy fan, the last thing you want is an action-based hack and slash, re- repetitive hack and slash game based on these characters. Yep. That also does not include. There's a lot of. I'm I'm not clear on. The popular and unpopular uh, characters and, and individual games in the Fire Emblem series, but I saw a lot of Fire Emblem fans on social media complaining about the the roster being tilted too much to this or to that and not wanting to be involved because of it. They They're always going to complain. They want to sell you DLC <laughs> from the games they actually want characters from and stuff like that. So it, it just felt to me like they kind of came at that sideways already by being based on the, the strategy franchise and like. It was never going to be a, a big... It was a niche of a niche. Yep. Uh, so
0: what do you, what do you think overall about the 11% down year over year before we move on? How big of a deal do you think that is,
1: Matt? Um, I don't know. Like, I wonder what, what the actual percentage is when you remove hardware from the equation. I wonder how much of it's involved with uh, digital sales becoming bigger and bigger. Obviously, we've seen some actual evidence of that finally through Des- Destiny 2 where they said it was like something like 50% or something like that.
0: Yeah, and Destiny 2 was one of the games they don't have digital numbers for,
1: and on Nintendo software. So, still doing very well.
0: Uh, But, I mean, that has been taken into account all this time, though. I mean, even a year ago, they weren't counting digital. Now now they're actually counting more than
1: they were, and it's still down 11% year over year. Yeah, but, I mean, until you know exactly what the numbers on digital are, you're wondering. All this says to me is that people are buying fewer games at retail, which... Are they also are they buying them instead digitally? or Are they just not buying them? Period. Like I don't think we know the answer. to But think much.
0: about a lot of these games. I do have their digital numbers included, though. I yeah, mean, but we
1: don't have numbers. We don't. Right, know.
0: but still, these rankings are accurate, and mm. the total percent down year over year takes into account those digital sales.
1: Right, but that could mean like you know Middle Earth and Assassin's Creed and Mario Odyssey could be selling tremendous numbers, higher numbers than the number one, two, and three games of that same week a year ago. But there, these games below it below them could be selling drastically less in comparison right. so we don't know maybe the top games are still selling you know numbers that 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 are comparable or better but people are buying less second games you know what i mean like yeah. like like evil within 2 like maybe like that's not selling as many copies as the last year's equivalent of that place or something like we don't i don't we don't know the, the we don't have granular enough data on this kind of thing and i see a lot of like Industry folks and developers that are very worried about this uh, And worried about what it means And it feels like no one's And you think that's why CD Projekt Red
0: is the... mm,
1: No <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think CD Projekt Red is more or less insulated from that Because they make one set of, They've made one series and now a second series They're kind of done with Witcher 3, I guess And yeah. Gwent I mean, okay, Gwent is its own thing Yeah, But, like, um, their their model works Like, they're not I don't feel like they're feeling that pressure at all. I feel like they're they're sitting pretty in that regard. Unless Cyberpunk undersells, let's not forget a lot of cyberpunk at the at the movies this year did not do well. Did, cyberpunk yeah. doesn't have the draw that fantasy does.
0: Well, it doesn't have the draw at the younger audience. Like yeah. it doesn't. I mean, us. but it
1: did. Like I mean, The Matrix was a huge hit with that same audience, but like if you're not The Matrix, you don't do well at the box office if you're Cyberpunk, Blade Runner, did not do well. Well, I think, if
0: I'm talking about us, Generation X, our generation. Mm-hmm. We love cyber whatever. Yeah, I the, think the millennials aren't so hype on it as yeah, we are. Yeah, but that predates or that were. John, Johnny
1: Mnemonic was a bomb. Uh, yeah. Cyberpunk stuff doesn't sell to the mainstream very well. Yeah. The Matrix is unique in that it got that over the hump, basically.
0: So remember in last week's episode, we were talking about how G.J.
1: Was telling us that yeah. he
0: didn't think uh, PS5 and Xbox 2 were coming out for a while, mm-hmm. at least two more years. Do you think if these numbers keep trending this direction, maybe that gets pushed forward a little bit?
1: No, no, because I don't think that's related. I think, I think trying. It's like, hey, no one's buying video games, so we should make you buy a $500 system instead. It's like that's not, that's not gonna. I think Microsoft
0: anybody. just tried that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that didn't
1: help Forza very much. I don't yeah, know, yeah, so. it certainly didn't. So uh, I don't think that's a solution to that problem. I think some. I think a real. I think it might be time, because I know enough developers who are concerned about this kind of thing, too. someone got to do some research. someone got to figure out what's happening and why it's happening, and whether it's a a bad sign or whether it's just a shift to digital that we're not taking into account in the NPD. Well, I think the research is there, and I think we're seeing that the publishers are listening to the research, and the research is
0: the games that people are buying are the games that Mm -hmm. they can play for two or three years.
1: Which is, of course, the natural... Result of shifting games in that games-as-a-service direction. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's not new. That's been there from for years and years and years with all the weird little tricks and the experience level-up systems and multiplayer games trying to get you to not trade that game in. I think, honestly... They want you to play those games for months and months.
0: I think, honestly, it's been on mobile, though, for the most part, for the last few Mm. years. And I think, finally, we're starting to see a lot of those nefarious practices from mobile... Coming over into the
1: console. Oh well, side that's of what the whole thing is. Is like, it's like you know, League of Legends, whatever. Well, yeah, but that's, that's like the whole thing with like with the you know microtransactions and loot box stuff. Is like, it's not like this is new. It's been there for almost a decade. It's just now it's in games we care about. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, we it's it's in games we can't ignore. Yeah. Basically. Yep. So, I don't know. Not
0: exactly an encouraging uh, MPD report. Usually around now, like, we're celebrating because it's like the best sales right. month of the year. I mean, honestly, but then November you, will be Well, we'll see. Better, what, I mean, hopefully. you've got
1: three... The top three are three heavy hitters. I don't know about Middle Earth sales will sustain. But, yeah. like, you got Assassin's Creed and, and Super Mario, I think. You're gonna see them... They'll do well next top month. Top the charts yeah. this month as and well. And December,
0: probably. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, so we'll see where that goes. But the other thing is, like, You've got these sales are down reports, but then the revenue of the industry is up triple. So yep. where is that coming from? Let's did move you? on to our next topic.
0: <laughs> the perfect segue. <laughs> now we're going to talk about Star Wars Battlefront 2. We have talked about this game on the show several times, but uh, Matt and I have both played the final version. Mm-hmm. Um, how much... You you finished the campaign? No, I'm like halfway through it. I finished the campaign. Uh, I have not played arcade in the final version. I did play arcade I, mode. I finished arcade. In the beta. Okay, good. Uh, how much multiplayer have you played in the final version?
1: A uh, few
0: hours. Like, I'm, like, level 7, I think. Okay. I've I've played probably, I don't know, handful of hours of mm-hmm. the multiplayer. But we, we both played the crap out of the beta. So, I mostly played the multiplayer, one, to see if it's a lot better than the beta in, in whatever way it could mm-hmm. be. Um, and to play some of the new maps and some of the new objectives and things like that. So... I basically went in. I wasn't worried about leveling up. I just wanted to see the content mm-hmm. that I wasn't able to access in the beta.
1: So. I have not had a lot of success on that. Yeah. <laughs> there are, like, two or three maps in Galactic Assault I still have not seen. I played Tatooine, Naboo, and Yavin over and over and over and over. I've never seen Hoth. I, have never I, got, seen, I haven't never. I've seen Hoth yet. I,
0: at a couple points, I would just quit games. I didn't care. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, same map, I would just quit and just try, try to find another one. Um, so let's start with multiplayer, since Sam fired off the multiplayer B-roll first. What are your, what's your take compared to the beta? Because we've talked about the beta a ton. Um,
1: I mean, the, the the latency doesn't seem as bad. Agreed. A million percent. Um, The balance is often crazy town in some places because of the progression system. Uh, the main thing I've run into is that air vehicles are God on the battlefield in this. And... There is no real counter to them because all the anti-air weaponry is locked behind progression. Yeah. And, like, I mean, to get, like, ion weaponry options, like, some of these weapons, you have to kill 250 players with them. And it's, like, like, no one has anti-vehicle weaponry at this point. And there's, I played a, a Naboo match, a few, few, few Naboo matches, where, like, I was, finally, I got to be the Separatist. I got to play the droids. <laughs> I never was made the droids in the beta. No, me Ever. too. I finally Ever. got to
0: play as the droids. Is, and at a certain point, that? I'm like, are
1: the droids bots? Like, yeah. what's going on? Like, are people playing?
0: This thing?
1: Uh, so I finally got to be the the, the droids, and like, the, you know, so the MTT is just driving down the street to the palace, that's the whole thing, is they're, they're trying to ion blast it. So the, the guys would ion blast it, and there'd be people in the gunships, and they would just roast the thing. and. And they'd it ends and
0: really quickly they'd
1: rack up kills from people on the ground, and yeah. like we had no way to fight back like there was no and like you have to yeah, there are things to unlock, but you can't get them until you've ground your way through a whole bunch of uh upgrades or for star cards or whatever um so that's all locked behind progression stuff, which again ties into the um you know the the loot box system and and what they want you to spend the real money on, and I just I just I was constantly reminded of like okay I and I uh, didn't have um, I got the early access because I got the Deluxe Trooper or whatever. But I jumped straight into multiplayer and didn't open all my pre-order loot boxes first because I wanted to play. Yeah. And I was just getting housed by people with the, the, the pre-order epic cards and stuff. Yeah. And like that was like the, the improved thermal detonator and stuff like that, where it's just like, what the hell? Like, I mean, they're a tangible upgrade in a lot of ways.
0: The first thing I would say is I'm way better at this in the final version than I was in the beta. And
1: yeah, I, I would think, agree with that.
0: I think part of that might be that uh, I got into the beta late. And people had already kind of built up their characters and had gotten mm-hmm. good at the game before I jumped in. But starting on equal ground, or I got the, a review code of this, so I was playing it before the public got in on it. Um, I'm way better. Like, when I played the beta, I, I think I got one special character the whole time I played the beta. I got a special character the first match I played in the final version of the game. So I actually got to play as, like, Chewbacca and, like, have some fun in the multiplayer. I don't know if they adjusted the vo- the point values you need to play as the hero
1: characters or the villain characters, but I got to play as them a lot more. I don't think they did, but there is a there is a feature where um, if you're fighting in proximity to your squad, you get more points. More points. Yeah, and I've noticed that that puts me way up there. It's a much multiplier. Faster. Yeah. Um, so that works out a little better. Uh, I haven't played a lot as the various heroes because I tend by the, I get the enough points for it and I go in and somebody's already playing as them. No. That's, that's a pretty common thing. But I got to play as like a chicken walker, like the little mini yeah. walker. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. I've blown several of those up. I hadn't even
0: seen one of those playing the beta. And then I got one. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And I thought it was an AT-ST atST at 1st And no, it's this little, like, no, it's almost little, personal, yeah.
1: size, personal size walker. I think they were in the Naboo map were in, they? in the beta. They I don't were de- remember ever seeing They one. were definitely in the demo at E3 on that map. I don't know if they were in the I never played as one in the beta. But the, to um, me, the latency is way better in the final version. Yeah, it doesn't feel nearly as weird. I
0: still have some issues with it, but when you're playing with like 40 people, some of that stuff is to be yeah. expected, but it's way better than it was in the beta. So to me, they improved the netcode The vast majority of my deaths
1: in this game make sense.
0: Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, the matches, or as far as the maps, like each map, it kind of you have different objectives that you need to accomplish with each map. They're all kind of the same, like, defend this mm. for X amount of time. Um, and then when you give it up, you fall back to the next position. But you can see in this map, you have to defend, like, three different turrets. That They come and they try to set charges on and blow up. And then once they blow up all three, you fall back. And and that's kind of the way the multiplayer works.
1: Mm. You
0: defend as long as you can.
1: It's um, similar they, to the war mode. War mode in, in, Call, in Call of Duty World War II.
0: Yep, Absolutely. Uh, But I had a lot of fun with it, man. I really enjoyed it. It was good, obviously, to actually have some success playing it and be able to play some of the more fun characters Mm -hmm. uh, and the Walker stuff. I don't think I've really played it enough for me to be able to fairly pass judgment on the whole loot box thing. For me to say... Yeah, without a doubt, these people have an advantage over me. I have.
1: You have? Um, because if you put enough, uh, if you, so there's people on here and there's been some videos on this and I've encountered them on, because it shows people your, their star card loadout when you get killed. So, most of the imbalance here, the, the, the upgrades to the soldiers are not like crazy impossible, but, um, if you get the right upgrades for these star fighters, you dominate the battlefield in a way that is. Really- I will say, I noticed almost immediately one that people were using them a
0: lot more oh, than yeah. they were in the beta. Oh yeah, and two, you're absolutely right. Like in the Naboo map, what is it thing called the MTT yeah. that they're blowing up? Once they shot that with the ion cannon and went down, it you just bzzz. saw just oh, like yeah. this just herd the of fires shit came in. And it was out just out like in, yeah. Sky. Like in the beta. It always made it to the building. Yeah. And then you had to defend those two spots in the building, and then finally, like, the last spot. I played, like, three matches on Naboo. It never made it to the building. In and so,
1: so to give you an example, like, so basically... You have to hit uh, the top, the max level. I believe in this is 20. That's the level, or at least that's the level at which you can craft the epic star cards uh, out of the crafting bits you get uh-huh. out of the crates and whatever. Yeah. So there were people like the, basically the method you use is this: you spend a hundred. I guess you can't do this anymore, but you spend people spend a hundred dollars on on crystals to get the loot crates, and those give you crafting parts. When you hit level 20, you can craft the epic versions of the cards. For your interceptor, which lets you turn 20% faster and shoot 30% faster, <laughs> and you are basically you own the sky. Yeah, and there's videos online you can see people like just taking A wings and strafing troops and like racking up 40, 50 killstreaks and stuff. I mean, and there's no like I said, because the progression system locks away the anti vehicle stuff, there's no that most of the people because it's a new game because people just are playing. There's no counter to that. Now that will be different in like a month when everybody's got progression in, in, under their belt and they have ion things or whatever they can use to, to fight back. But right now, the game is basically starfighters abusing people. Here's and, my biggest complaint with the multiplayer. There's no clamoring. So right now mm, I'm trapped down mm-hmm. in this
0: little hole. I cannot get out. Can you jump? I tried jumping. You weren't high enough? I could not jump high enough to get out of that.
1: <laughs> There's no climbing there was... I've gotten stuck on some I got at one point I actually got my foot stuck on a rock and like the, the like the inverse kinematic thing wouldn't let the character pick his foot up off it. And so like, <laughs> so I was stuck kind of like running around in a circle around this rock until my l- l- leg like flipped inside out and popped off it. Like there's a lot of weird... There is weird stuff. I mean, dude, the fact that there's problems. no clambering in this game, yeah.
0: is so weird too. Like some matches start and as soon as you get into the map, there's this like bank and you can't go up the bank. There's this little craggly like path of the bank that you have to go up like... Mm-hmm. It's just silly. Like, we were talking earlier about how <laughs> PUBG doesn't have, like, climbing. Well, this game, with hundreds of millions of dollars in budget, does not have climbing or clamoring in it. It's mind-boggling. Um, but here's the thing. I still had fun with it. I think I, I ended up playing, I don't know, like five or six hours, something like mm-hmm. that. And I will say, by the time the five or six hour period was up, I had kind of started to burn out on it a
1: little bit already. Um, but yeah, I my- definitely feel like I'm in burnout territory with it after the amount of time I played, and part of it is because I don't feel like, and we're, you know, this gets into the loop because I think a lot of these problems g- do get traced back to the loot box thing. Um, we're like, okay, so like it's like I, I like completing the, the little objectives and the challenges, and I like doing like daily challenge things in games. I think that's a cool way to kind of keep me engaged and keep me checking in every day. Yeah. So there's a time daily challenge in this game. Every day there's a thing that goes up and basically it's like... Get 20 kills. Get, get 25 whatever. kills at a fighter. Uh, play as a heavy trooper for an hour. Uh, basically they're designed to take about an hour to complete. And it encourages the, the, you to try other right. parts of the game you may not right. have tried. The reward for doing this is 100 credits. You know what else is a 100 credit reward? Playing two minutes of arcade mode yeah
0: but like,
1: there's no <laughs> the, the, there's no the balance to what you your not. and also by the way if you play more than five things five matches of arcade mode it stops giving you credits oh it really? says and it <laughs> says like so the first well, night, there are credit caps for every day right For for the arcade mode yeah
0: i thought for on the whole there's a credit cap for every if it, day if
1: there is for multiplayer i haven't hit it okay but the, i thought there was but that's a different issue because the credits in multiplayer is a different issue so like so, <laughs> so after like five, I think you run out. You basically said you finish the arcade mode. There's no way to tell, by the way, unless you actually play a round of arcade, and then it tells you, oh, you don't get anything for this. So thanks for that, guys. Yeah. Um, there's no like thing where, the, as far as I can tell, where it says like, oh, you've used up all your credits for the day, and this. So I fin- so I played it when it first came out it was like you know nine p.m. Or the, when the early access went up. And I played, it was going through arcade mode, and it's like, oh, you don't get any more, you get more in two hours. I'm like, okay, well, two hours is not a tremendous amount of time to wait. The next morning, I got up, and I'm like, okay, I'll play some arcade mode, get some credits, wait the two hours, and, uh, you know, get more credits in the afternoon, and that'll be a good way to kind of grind up some credits and play arcade mode. So I, get, I go, and I load it up, and I play a game, and I get my credits, get my credits, and I get at I get, get five or whatever it was, and it goes, you can get more credits in, uh, like, 17 hours. It resets yeah. at midnight. Wow. It's daily. Oh my gosh. And I'm like and and clearly this is a way to limit you from getting too many credits, so you can't buy too many loot boxes, so you right. don't have any kind of incentive to buy real money ones. Yeah. And with the, the thing with the, I, I, I've never run into a thing where the multiplayer stopped giving me credits, but the thing is you get the same amount of credits every time you complete a match, whether you were, did well or not. Yeah. And that I think is one of the things that is sort of grinding on me, is like one of the things I did like about the last game is every single thing you accomplished in that match progressed your character yeah it gave you something like even that 10 points for damaging somebody or doing the kill assist or whatever it was it was a little blip more like pushing forward and now that's all battle points to play as vehicles or heroes and after the match is over the only permanent upgrade is like you get your level upgrade but that's only to gate you out of higher level cards right and to get anything that matters for that the, the level up upgrades you have to spend the credits and the credits you're i'm getting 295 or whatever at the end of every match whether i you know, was the MVP, or whether I just yeah. sat in the back and did nothing. You know, yeah. like there's no, like my, it doesn't my, incentivize you to no. play well. You don't even get more if you win or lose, from what I can tell. Yeah, it's just little things like that that feel like they didn't think about it before. I mean, like the heroes, the heroes and villains mode, or whatever. You know, the the one where it's like it's like a four uh, v four, just heroes, no yeah, troops. Yeah. You go in there and like if. You know, because you start, I think... So I started with, like, five or six heroes because of pre-order stuff. I think you might only start with five or four if you just buy the game outright. But, like, there's fewer heroes unlocked at the beginning of the game than there are, than eight. You have less than eight when you start. So if you get a no-heroes-versus-heroes heroes match and six other people have already <laughs> picked the heroes you have unlocked, you can't play. Yeah, I know where you're going with that. Yeah. Like, you have to unlock someone <laughs> to insane. play... The, to have enough characters to play that right. mode. And yeah. it's like... Guys, like, maybe you could have just had all the heroes unlocked for the hero-specific mode. Like, maybe as a way to try out Darth Vader before you grind for him for seven hours. Well, you know the old saying,
0: too many cooks in the kitchen spoils a pot or whatever? I mean, there have been... First of all, there were hundreds of cooks in the kitchen at EA, and now there are millions of cooks in the kitchen. Because Mm -hmm. what has happened is EA has started listening to the fan (laughs) feedback... And I just think at this point, EA has just been spun around like three times, mm-hmm. and now, as you said earlier, Disney came to them and said, yeah. "Look, you need to sort this crap yeah, out." Venture Beat.
1: Like, Venture Beat reports that uh, the head of EA was on the phone with Bob Iger, the yeah. head of Disney. And look, I would have thought Lucasfilm might have stepped in because they control the Star Wars IP. Disney doesn't have a lot of say over the creative stuff, but Disney clearly is the distributor of the sequel to the 1.5 billion dollar movie that's coming out next month. Yeah. Uh, must have been like, hey, CNN is reporting bad PR about this brand we paid $4 billion for. How about you knock it off? Yeah. And and then all of a sudden... And then three hours later, early. microtransactions have been pulled from the game. And
0: three hours before the game goes on yeah. sale. And that's
1: the great, amazing thing. It's like, this all has happened before the game even came out. I know, This is I know. all early access pre-order stuff. Well, think stuff.
0: about... Here's the weird thing about this game is that, in my opinion... I feel like outlets have slagged this game purely because of the loot box microtransaction thing. I mean, to be fair, it is kind
1: of the primary primary thing you're butting into when you're playing it, I think.
0: I guess, but I feel like they've dinged this game too hard for that Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to change it, as we just found. They just flipped a switch three hours before launch. Now, all these reviews that are out there... Are essentially all bunk. Mm-hmm.
1: They Although they have not rebalanced the in-game rewards, no, so the right. grind still sucks terribly. You're right. It's you're still and now there's not the and Now there's not, the not even a way to cheat it with with yeah. you know if you want to spend money on it <laughs> and right. be a dick about it. And you're on top of that, the right. pe- they did say the they people were that they lowered the, the mo- for heroes, though. Did they? Villains. Yeah. Well, they, they that was before this, though.
0: It was. Yeah.
1: And still, they lowered the reward you get for finishing the campaign. To prevent you from buying anything useful from the hero, so right. so the hero like it's like Vader and Luke were sixty thousand. They lowered that to fifteen thousand. You used to get twenty thousand for completing the campaign. Now you get five nah. um, <laughs> thousand. And they hilarious. also ha- they also haven't rebalanced. And that was before. that was a few days before the loot box stuff got turned off. And then of course now that they've turned the microtransactions off, yesterday they did not rebalance any of the in-game rewards. So you are still grinding forever to get this stuff, and and not it ha- that hasn't improved. It's only improved. But that's still okay, as long as somebody else can't just plunk down a couple dollars. Right. But and buy also it. remember, people have done that, and so there are that right. guy, that They're guy who kept there. killing me in the A wing with right. the with the it's Max Star cards already dropped his hundred bucks and got that advantage. Because those
0: the, the A Access people were playing right. early, they had to play like ten hours or whatever. Right. I don't remember. I mean,
1: the the if you bought the digital deluxe version, you were in on uh, Tuesday. Right. So, uh, you know, we've been playing, you know, people had several days to, to do, to power up through. through And they're not
0: taking that stuff away. People
1: had a couple of days to go whaling. Yeah. And, uh, and some people clearly did. But it's
0: crazy. Like, it's hard to even figure out, like, where this game is and where it's going to end up. Because Mm. literally, over the last couple days, it seemed like every two or three hours, yeah, I mean, if you go look on Sifted and just type in Battlefront Two and go to its like, game boom, page boom, 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 and yeah. look at its game page, literally in the last two days there's been like eight stories about it because yeah. EA just kept changing its stance over and over and over again, and then someone else would react and be like, "Oh, we're gonna do that," and then their
1: community manager would go on Reddit. Mm-hmm. It was just insane. Well, the funny thing was like you know, early on when people were complaining about all this stuff, there were p- I saw people who was like, "It's like you know, you know, whining and bitching isn't gonna change anything. This is what the model is." I'm like, "No, I I thought like no, EA is gonna get." Scared by this, and they did. Like they, they reacted. Was it them or was it Disney? I think. I think no. I think it was them early, early on. Like dropping yeah. the price of the heroes. Right, and stuff right. Like, That's yeah. them yeah. shutting down the microtransactions. That was a, that was, that was a come to Jesus phone call. <laughs> it was yeah. Um If if that Venture Beat report is right, I t- totally believe. It. Also, remember that Bob Iger, the guy who runs Disney, has been very forthcoming in the, in the past over mistakes he's made and bad decisions. Right. This is a man who made cop rock. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, and he admits he he'll he'll make fun of it. He, yeah, he's yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, not everyone's, not everything's a winner. We know that. <laughs> um, but even beyond that kind of thing, there's weird things in this game that, like, it feels kind of weirdly half finished. Like, um, I think using the star cards is sort of like the way they use them in this versus how they use them as sort of like a custom thing. You could customize the characters however you liked in the first game. And this one, it's more it's all class based and you're sort of modifying things. Just like Call of Duty World which War. I, which I feel is, is more <laughs> like limiting in a weird way. And it also kind of leads into you know feeds into how you don't have access to the different abilities you need to um, you know, take down a vehicle or whatever. The other thing is like Several of the star cards actually replace or heavily modify your existing abilities as the class, right? So say, you're, say you do have uh, like an ion thing that can stop a vehicle, but that's not what you want to use as your primary uh, when you're running around. You only want to use it when you know, a vehicle is a problem in a match. There's no loadout thing no there's no way to set multiple loadouts right. for a class and say oh i got to switch my anti-vehicle yeah. guy for my respawn you, you have to right. actually mess with all your star cards and do that to- and i'm like how is that not in there yeah i don't know you know there are like,
0: some pretty big omissions in this but i think if you look at a lot of the design for it it's all catered towards a casual player yeah i, I think that's ri- and in that sense i kind of get it because uh, yeah
1: yeah, I mean, it, look, it's a Star Wars shooter. I, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, yeah, if you, if you if you don't care about how things are made and designed, you just want to run around and shoot things and shoot your blaster and, 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 and hear Star Wars music and blow things up. Like, yeah, and I'm try sure
0: out the fun vehicles sure and play fun, as but Yoda I, or whatever. But I, can't, I can't
1: not be me when it comes to seeing how no, these things. No, I put totally together, understand you
0: know? it. I, I totally get it, and I'm right there with you. I agree with you. Like, these there are things about
1: this game that drive me mad, but I can also kind of see EA's side of it. It's yeah, well, like I get, yeah. I mean, like. It won't matter to most of the people that buy this game. Yeah, it won't. In fact, and still, I would say, you know, as hypocritical as it makes me, because I pre-ordered the damn thing a month and a half ago, <laughs> I would st- still say don't buy this game. Yet. Really? Because, I because look, they turned the microtransactions off temporarily. No, we you're right. There's we no, don't know what they're going no to do. There's no guarantee that they won't be coming back. We don't know what they're going to do. They're going to try to rebalance some stuff and make it less intrusive but i don't know how far you and can they'll push wait that. for the movie to come out yeah when everybody really wants <laughs> to play it and when they put their well first, they'll like, wait thing for, for
0: they'll it. wait for the movie to come out so disney will stay off their back basically right i'm sure they told him when he called like look okay i understand you don't want any bad pr before this film comes out but i'm telling you we you are going to make a whole lot more right. money when we change this system back in january or whenever they mm-hmm. do it
1: i think they just need to i mean they need to make it a little less intrusive. They need to make the in-game rewards more substantial so you feel like you're making progress. They need to do... I mean, even, they don't even do the Overwatch thing where you get, you don't get a loot box every time you level up. No, you're right. And, like, the thing about... Like, Overwatch gives you a loot box every time you level up, and you can level up in, in Overwatch forever because of the prestige thing. Yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah. So,
1: like, you know, like, my girlfriend's in the 800 level range when, you, you know, you re- prestige every... So she's got, like, 800 free loot boxes. That's crazy. And, like... <laughs> That's fine. You know, great. But, uh, this one only goes to 20. Let me prestige. Let me go on forever. Get a, get a little loot box. Every, like, you know, like maybe even the, you know, the date. You get a loot box every day when you log in. And it's crap. You know? It's yeah. just like a couple like useless little things, maybe in a moat if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, which, like, if it was just aesthetic things would be fine, but it's not. I want a better gun. Yeah. And, like, that's the screwed up part is, like, you want to get out of these loot boxes, you want things that are going to make your character play better, yep. which is not how you need to do that. Like, that's the problem. Yep. Like, it has, it's like, it's got to be all aesthetic. And like, the, the solution of crafting the cards, being there kind of like, oh, now the high-level cards have to be crafted. Yeah, but guess where you get the crafting pieces? Yeah. From the loot boxes. Yeah, right, it's yeah. still, I mean, it's all tied together. Yeah. It all, so everything if you have, ties it's, back in. It's like in. a rotten
0: apple in a barrel. Right. You have the one rotten apple, they're all touching each other. They're going to make all the other apples rotten as well. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But the one thing we have not talked about yet is the campaign and we're going to play that for you guys today for a little bit for probably about 15 minutes i've got a mission queued up here uh before we get started though i want to show you kind of how the uh the cards work essentially Mm -hmm. which is what matt was just talking about so there's like there's two different types there's boost cards these are kind of like overall cards that affect Mm
1: -hmm. your character in general i tend to use a cooldown bonus cooldown bonus is yeah absolutely and there's another one i use for her the second one i think you use survivalist. Survival. I use survivalist as well. Regen delay reduction. So yeah,
0: you have a rebounding health meter in this game uh, that you go hide, and it'll finally go back up. And you can use cards to kind of increase that or decrease it. I'll follow your lead. I haven't. I usually don't use two of those, but I will this time. Uh, and then the other one I typically use is just a grenade.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'll use a thermite. thermal detonator. <laughs>
0: All right, I so like yeah, the, you, I
1: like the shield, but I never use it because it replaces scan.
0: No, you're right. I like scan better. Yeah, scan comes in handy in the campaign, definitely. Uh, so I've, just so you guys know, this is only the second mission in the campaign. I didn't use the first mission because you've seen it already. You don't realize it, but you've seen it already. Uh, this is just the second mission in the campaign. There's really no spoilers in the second mission. No. Um, I mean, the,
1: the big cutscene they put out a while ago where she gets the Operation Cinder thing yeah. from uh, the Admiral. Like, that's the cutscene after this mission. Yep.
0: So I'm being really careful to make sure we don't spoil anything for you guys for this. But uh, here's the first thing you'll notice about the campaign. The loading is painfully the slow. The loading in this game is <laughs>
1: astoundingly bad. Everywhere. I mean, just over and over no, and over. No, you're right.
0: The loading in general is really bad. It takes a long time no matter what you're talking about. Um, before the game starts, which means that I'll be kind of predisposed while I play... Uh, probably the first thing we should say is that you're not a huge fan of the campaign no I like it I have enjoyed it I did finish it um
1: y- you're you're a much more hardcore star wars fan than me mm-hmm. um I, i'm not I don't dislike it much as a star wars fan i i think I dislike it as a storytelling fan i think it's i think it's disjointed and I think the characters change their minds with no motivation most of the time I think the plot doesn't hang together very well and I feel like I'm missing a bunch of Connective tissue. I feel like stuff happens between shots, like between missions. That I'm like, well, what? Wait, what happened? Like, what happened between there? Because clearly, everybody has a different idea of what's going on now. And like, then he, you know, you'll see in this she, this uh, mission, you know, Aiden leads uh, Inferno Squad, and there's two kind of key characters. There's Dell, who's her sort of right hand man, and there's uh, uh, Hesk, I think is his name, who's like kind of the. The guy who stays in the ship and, and controls stuff who maybe might want to take her power or take her position at some point. Like, he's it's hinted, because Imperials are very backstabby. Um, Here's what I love about it. It's just like, it's, I feel like we sh- we're, we're maybe supposed to know more about who these characters are, and like it's, it assumes too much.
0: No, I, here, I agree with, with some of your points, in that the game jumps. Mm-hmm. It's like, they, they will tell you and show you kind of why someone's mind changed. But a lot of times, like we're in a film where you get like three or four scenes that would explain something to you. In this you get one cutscene where they change their mind. But if you pay attention while the gameplay is happening, there are clues as to why they make this the decisions that they make.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: what I and for maybe some people who are coming in as completely cold. You play as the bad guys in this. You play mm-hmm. as the Empire. And what I love about this is as a Star Wars fan, how conflicted I have I, I was, and I don't want to spoil anything, but how conflicted I was playing as the Empire at first. I'm like, because there are moments where you start to like these people, and maybe you haven't got there yet, and it goes against every fiber of my being
1: to have sympathy for these people, and... Well, it it can't be that much because the whole point of Return of the Jedi is the redemption of Darth Vader. So you've had sympathy for an Imperial I've never really had sympathy for Darth Vader, man.
0: I'll be perfectly honest with you. I
1: admit, I've never quite agreed with that either, and I didn't understand it as a kid, and to me it's like... Also, this game is flipping gorgeous. This
0: campaign is
1: mind-blowing. Except the faces. Yeah, the The, faces are bad. The character faces are suffering from some extreme frostbite face. But, dude, this is like... the rest of it is amazing.
0: I mean, there are some scenes in this that literally just made me smile, Matt. Like, I just saw some... I was just like, oh, my gosh. I went right back to being, like, a little kid again. This is annoying. Having to use a little robot to, like, unlock everything in the game. It starts to wear on you after a while. But these little boxes will give you a chance to kind of respec. It'll Mm -hmm. let you choose. You can even, like, re-equip weapons. Sometimes the game, when it starts a mission, will give you a weapon that maybe you don't like using all that much. Yeah, it likes to give
1: you some real bad weapons.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. But you can go back in. You can basically Mm -hmm. select the loadout that you want. You can choose your other cards if you want to. I already selected them. I tend to
1: stick with the good old E11. It's a, um, it's a solid, dependable blaster.
0: And you can see down at the bottom right there, those three icons. Just like the multiplayer, you have basically three special abilities. Mm. Uh, one is with the R1, one's with the L1, and the third one you use by squeezing both uh, the shorter buttons together at the same time. Um, and then you have cooldowns. Matt was talking about how he prefers to have some abilities that help his cooldown shorten. Um, there is stealth in this, but... I don't do it. I hardly ever use it either. It's really
1: really freaking pointless. I'm not here here to sneak up and press R3. I'm here to shoot people with a blaster.
0: But yeah, take a look at this. I mean, the detail, the lighting... I mean, on a technical level, it is... It's one of the best-looking games I've ever seen. Uh, Here's the scan Matt was talking about, where you can scan and it'll kind of... It'll it'll, show you where everybody is. It'll show you where everybody is. It'll show you kind of where the waypoints are for your mission objectives. Very useful
1: in arcade mode or yeah. uh, uh, campaign just because like, there's a lot of stuff where you just have to kill everybody in an area and sometimes a guy will be like stuck on a rock or something and like, you have to go find him and you can't figure out where he is and you'll hear somebody shouting get that, get them, look yeah. out it's the Imperials and you're like where are you where- tell me, <laughs> let me zero in on you so I can shoot you and move on here's
0: something I really like about this game and the shooting is the hit markers so the hit markers are they tell you whether you've killed the enemy or not which I hate games where you're like, oh, I killed him, and then the dude comes running up and, Mm. like, melees you and kills you. Like, it tells you. When you see that red hit marker, that's when you know they're dead. Yeah, and Battlefield has
1: always been good about that. DICE, DICE has always been good about player feedback on that.
0: But that's just one of those little touches that I really appreciate from this game, especially because these environments are so, like, jambled up. That like it's very easy for enemies to just hide somewhere and just pop up and come up from behind you and and just kill you. Now I'm playing this on the default. I think it's like the second difficulty setting of the ones mm-hmm. that we're on. Yeah, there's first. only three. Most of the missions in this game are pretty much just kill everybody yep.
1: <laughs> and move on. One thing I do like about it is that there's a lot of uh, vehicle stuff, or a lot of starfighter stuff. So there's a, c- a couple of good like space battles. There are. It. I
0: mean, I was surprised at how much uh, starfighting there is in this. And the other part, too, is that there are missions that are kind of like uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, where you go from seamlessly... Now, if seamless, you hadn't like, had
1: the, the, the shorter health regen thing there, you would have died.
0: Yeah. But there's like some infinite warfare stuff where you go from ship, dock Mm. the ship, go to on foot combat, and then later in the game you'll see when you get there, Matt. There's parts where you go ship on foot, back to ship, back Mm. to on foot. Which,
1: by the way, is one of the things people really want from the multiplayer in this, but apparently they're not going to do that. Yeah, Um, because that was part of Battlefront 2, the the old the pandemic game from back. That was like you there was ship battles where like you could get on a ship, fly out, dogfight, land on the ship, and fight through the the, the, the ship and like plant a bomb or something like that, um, and that was one of the favorite modes on that game. And they want that people you know want that to be replicated in these, this series. And so far they haven't done it, but I feel like that's probably going to be a mode coming through DLC down the road. Because they they just did it in the in the campaign, so why not do it in multiplayer? Obviously it's a different it's different to have one person do it as opposed to 40. But uh, I feel like that might be uh, might be in the cards. Let's not say card, Star card. Fuck Star cards. Let's not say cards when it comes yeah. to this game. Let's not do that. You can get this DLC mode if you find it in a loot box. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know me and my I'm fine with like ignoring loot boxes in games, but I think this crosses the line twice. Yeah. In most, in most respects.
0: One thing I would say is I would... You don't need need any loot box stuff for the single player campaign, though. One thing I would say is I would bump up the difficulty of this, and I may die here just because I'm talking while I'm playing, but it's
1: really easy. Yeah.
0: I hardly died at all playing through this entire mm. campaign it is also doesn't get any more challenging for the even at the end like and i would
1: i would say the same for arcade mode even like the the three star challenges like i i've breezed through all of it and it's, it's really not very tough yeah so
0: i would bump up the
1: difficulty if you want to play the
0: campaign um how yeah, you get there yeah i don't know I, somehow i ran right past him
1: The other thing that's weird about it is how, you know, the story is ostensibly Aiden Versio and her kind of journey from the Battle of Endor uh, as a true believer in the Empire, kind of the journey from the Battle of Endor to what happens to the Empire in, in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. You spend a surprising amount of time not playing as her. Like, you play as other major Star Wars characters in various missions, kind of like... You know, illustrate what's happening, but some and sometimes that makes sense in terms of like, okay, we got to tell the part of the story that like tells you what happens here and it explains why a character uh, does what they do over here. But then sometimes it's like you're on a mission and Iden's in the mission and you're just playing as somebody else for no apparent reason, and you're like. Isn't Aiden the main character? Like, can I shouldn't I be playing as her to see what happens to her? And like you just kind of get updates on the radio. Well, I think some people will like that and
0: some people won't like it. Because one thing it does do so the story skirts around the side of the original trilogy. So Aiden sees stuff happening that you saw in the first three films. And then it kinda of gives you a different perspective on the things that happen in
1: those films from and then Well, I don't know really about that. I mean, you, you're, you've you finished the films in this mission. Like, this is the Battle of Endor. It's over. Well, there's... I don't want to ruin anything, though. It's hard for me to talk about
0: this without, like, spoiling well, if, stuff. Well,
1: I don't know what you're talking about, then. I'm halfway through the campaign. If there's, like, big flashbacks to earlier in this stuff, is that happening Well, later? there's the... when the super weapon is destroyed... What? Like, the, the cinder thing? Well, it's called something else, but... Is that a flashback or is that like...
0: No, there's a part where they're running through the woods and they see... Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's in this. This mission. That was right. in the trailer, right? Was it? Yeah. I where don't it? know. I that didn't... was in the, the E3 stuff where they look up and they see this Death Star explode. Yeah. And like, they're like, what do we do now? And yeah, that's, that's this mission. That's like the beginning of the story. But like most of this game takes place about six months after the Battle of Endor, after the movies end and then there's a jump forward to the battle of jakku right which is the battle that takes place like a year after return of the jedi it's the, it's the remnants of it are in uh force awakens um so the idea is kind of to bridge the gap between the trilogies a little bit and it does do that in a couple of ways with some lore some interesting it lore definitely does. ideas. um there's a couple of mo- like character moments that are really nice uh, with Luke and there's a thing that, with Luke that sort of fills in a little little tiny gap, uh, kind of a question maybe people would have between trilogies. Um, so there's some good stuff happening there. I just feel like it doesn't commit to the Iden Versio story very well.
0: Yeah, you meet which is too with... bad because
1: I like I didn't verse you very well. And I think
0: it does, though. In the second half of the campaign, it kind of all because mm-hmm. you're right. There are all these cameos, and you meet up with all these characters from the original trilogy it along the way. It meanders a bit. I don't want to spoil anything, but you meet most of the iconic characters, and some of them are more of a stretch than others. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, how you meet them and why you meet them. Um, oh yeah, right here's the scene I was talking about. So I like this, though. I like seeing scenes from the original trilogy that shows you a different perspective on it, and the Empire's perspective, no less. Right, but that's
1: exactly my point, is, like, it doesn't stay with this perspective. But it does, though, because it
0: it, it ends up talking about this scene, specifically, several times later on in the game, and how it changes their outlook on everything, and, like, eventually you have conversations with other people who mention this, and, like, it's interesting to watch... How different people in the Empire view what happened. How some people are steadfast and they're like, oh, no, we're still, Mm -hmm. like, we're still the Empire. Yeah, but there's also
1: a little bit of a, uh, you know, like, when you're, like, this next mission or the mission after, I think, you go to a planet, you're on a planet where basically, like, the Imperials are, have a big staging area. And it's, like, I mean, it's total uh, uh, rally at Nuremberg. I mean, the, 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 the Nazi Germany imagery is thick. Because yeah. that's how the imperial that's how, was, you know, the Empire was basically based on that kind of thing, uh, visually, back in, you know, in the original movies. And um, there's a little, there's an old, uh, there's a... There's a uh, Game
0: is slipping gorgeous. Yeah, Look but at there's, that. A,
1: there's a, there's a skit from, I can't remember the name of the show, but it's a British ske- uh, sketch comedy show, and it's like these two Nazi officers in World War Two. um... And one of them's like, "Are we the bad guys? <laughs> like, we've got skulls on our on our on our hats, and like we like, are we, and like they slowly realize that they're bad guys." And you get this this thing where like, like, that everyone like has kind of this like weird reaction to like one of the Empire's plans post Endor being like another super weapon idea, and everyone's like, "What did you think the Death Star was? Like, like you you." The the, the the side you're fighting for has built two things designed to destroy planets. planets. <laughs> like, do you think you're the benevolent... Like, I mean, it's it, it's a little ridiculous, but it's, it's like... Right
0: far with the grenade there. The people in this game can throw grenades like Ben
1: Roethlisberger. And of course, the other... Yeah, the grenade spam is a little crazy <laughs> in this They're game. They're really freaking accurate for um, long distances. And the, uh... And the other thing is like, I kind of liked, uh... If, you, if, if anybody remembers TIE Fighter, which, uh... Is pro- maybe the last game you got to play as the 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 bad guys from a real narrative point of view? Probably, um, yeah. Because uh, you could play an imperial side in like you know the Empire at War real time strategy game, but there wasn't a whole lot of narrative happening there. Um, you can you in that game in Tie Fighter, you eventually become part of the um, the uh, Emperor's like private like special for- kind of like Inferno Squad, like a special forces like. We send you in for the really crazy secret stuff, and you in the, there's a metal case where you see your medals. But if you if you mouse over uh, the the character's arm, the, he pulls his sleeve up, and there's like crazy like Empire tattoos on it from like indicating when like the the missions he's undertaken are secretly for the Emperor. And like the interesting thing about Tie Fighter is you are part of the true believers of the Empire, and that is never questioned. And in this game, it feels like it's about um, the empire doing terrible things, and everyone on the empire side just sort of ignoring that. It's and and it's whereas like, dude, it's so hard for me to come over a hill. See a bunch of
0: stormtroopers there and not want to kill them. Oh yeah, you instantly want like, to. Like the that. first instinct when I saw them was like, oh, they're storm-
1: I gotta kill them. And then I'm like, no, I'm killing like the rebels. Like in the first, the, the previous game, I did that in multiplayer all the time. I saw a stormtrooper and I just shoot at. You them. just have to. Like <laughs> it's like that's But
0: that's why I really like this campaign because it makes you realize that like a lot of people in the Empire weren't were just people, you know, who were just caught up in the whole thing. Like it gives you a whole different perspective on like. Who the good guys are, who the bad guys are. Oh, active reload, too. I should have mentioned that. So if you just use all your ammo, kind of a Gears of War style active ammo reload pops up.
1: Yeah, A, a game mechanic, I'm surprised, doesn't get ripped off more.
0: Yeah. I love it. And it's like if you actually hit that it little saved blue saved my spot, life a few times in yeah, this game. You immediately reload and can start firing again. There's no ammo in this game, per se. You kind of have that meter for each yeah, weapon. It's a heat meter. Yeah throw in a grenade and kill like five of these at once. So you
1: can see like the, the blue there is just a normal reload and the yellow gives you a power boost. Yeah.
0: Um, which is, you're right, I think it's a an underused mechanic. Wow, Ooh, what cool. just happened right there? Scott Walker <laughs> that knocked that whole tree down. just fell down. That's crazy. And stuff like that does happen, like cool stuff like that. There's also some graphical anomalies here and there, like, yeah. there you see some texture drawing, but honestly this game is just
1: flipping gorgeous, like there are so many moments of just complete mm. awe. There's a g- bunch of neat things, like you know, later on, there's a there's a scene where they drop uh, they drop AT-ats in. Yeah. And like, which I, I I think someone said they used a similar uh, vehicle to do it in uh, Rebels, but I'm not I'm woefully behind on, on Star Wars Rebels. So this is the first time I've ever actually seen an AT-AT drop air dropped in, and that's a pretty awesome thing. Oh, there's one later level too that takes place in a factory. I don't know if you've
0: got there yet. Uh, I don't think so. But it takes place in an, an AT-AT and an ATST factory. And no, you I'm see the them way. being assembled. That's cool. Yeah. That's I mean, the, I really of, enjoyed this campaign, Matt. Like, I, I can see I, where... I
1: just think the, the narrative really, isn't
0: there. Look, I can see if you're really, really into Star Wars where this just falls way flat. But I think
1: for most people who just
0: like Star Wars... I think but, they're going to really enjoy
1: the but campaign. But see, I'm not coming at it from a Star Wars fan point of view. I think the Star Wars stuff in the campaign so far has been really cool, like the the little tidbits and a little thing. Because remember, we are you know the Expanding universe isn't a thing anymore. So every every and this is canon. So everything you find out in this game is uh, is new information. It's filling in gaps in this kind of new continuity. Where exa- my issues with it are not as a Star Wars fan. My issues with it are as a fan of narrative that hangs together and makes sense. And I don't, think, I don't they, think it's that bad. I don't think... That, I, mean, it's I, not, I mean, it's not I, 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 as bad I'm, as some things I've played, but it is Comparing it to not a film is par.
0: bad, but comparing it to video games, I don't think it's that bad, man. I really don't. Like, at least maybe well, wait until what? you finish the Wars, campaign. Well, guess what? It's Star Wars, so I'm going to
1: compare it to a film. No,
0: I understand why you're doing that. But it's better I think writing you should at least wait until um, you finish the campaign to pass your final judgment on it. All
1: right. i I mean, I'm still... I am going to finish it. It's pretty short, but, like, it's just... it's. It keeps Ooh. jumping off of the interesting part and in making me play as other characters, and I don't care if those characters are stars of the original trilogy. I'm—that's not what I'm really interested in here.
0: The heck do I have right there? That I've never
1: used that weapon. That is a new an ability thing you just oh. pull, so you have like a like a chargeable scope gun. I don't like that that. Uh, but weapon. see, I
0: like playing as the other characters because it does provide like some variety to the game. Because the one thing I will say is, like I said, the shooting's really easy in this. Like, mm-hmm. if you're paying attention, you'll never die in this game. Because really, it's like, one headshot, they die. And so it's very easy to just kind of pluck the enemies out of the environment, especially if you're using the scan like we have here. And uh, so the shooting kind of eventually becomes just like this means to an mm-hmm. end. So I having have... the ability to play as some of the other characters and be the ability to play as a lot in a lot of the vehicles kind of mixes things up. And I also think that it's short. I think it took me five hours to finish it. But uh, that's the perfect amount of time. Yeah, <laughs> like, I
1: mean, the vehicles are cool and like all that stuff. Is, is You get to drive some neat things. But I think considering the story and the campaign is so heavily predicated on point of view, the fact that it continually takes you out of Aiden's point of view is weird to me. And if I want to play as the hero characters uh, in a simple kind of fast to complete like sort of demonstration of what they can do, that's what arcade mode is. And
0: like, I will I, say this. There are some times where... It's really awkward when they try to make you play as one of the other characters. Like, yeah. It's so obvious of, oh, we need you to play as this character. Mm. So we're going to create this weird like side mission or this side trip to some other planet and try to rationalize why you're playing as this character. So I get that part of it. But I would just say it's only like five and a half, six mm. hours long. I had a lot of fun playing the campaign.
1: The and, other, and the other uh, thing, of course, is that um, there's some real bad voice there replacements is. for the main yeah, characters. I agree with that uh, as well. Which is weird. I mean, Luke, also, Luke doesn't look like Luke. It's yeah. a, it's, Luke is a terrible face model and doesn't sound like Mark Hamill at all. Uh, Hera, uh, the Han Solo character doesn't look. Actually, my girlfriend saw the Hero Select screen and saw the, the little picture of Han Solo and said, Who's that old man? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't look like him. It. it doesn't look yeah. like the characters. And uh, he doesn't, it's the guy who's done the Han Solo voice and in the Indiana Jones voices for years. He's and years, the worst voice to And me it doesn't in the sound game. like him at all. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's, and like, I know he sounds more like Harrison Ford than that on a general basis, but I don't know what happened here.
0: But anyway, I think we're going to call the the play view right there. I think we gave you a good idea. Yeah. And plus, we're kind of getting to the end of this mission and there's some spoilers there that I don't want to ruin for you guys, but yeah, such as it is. Look, I would not say buy this game just for the campaign, no, but no. but I think the campaign is absolutely worth your time and
1: I think it's more than just kind of like I enjoyed this campaign way more than
0: Call of Duty World War
1: II's. Yeah, I don't know if that's because it's better or because I just automatically like Star Wars better than Call of Duty, but um I mean, you make the M1 Garon make the blaster sound, and I might play it longer. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I might be that easy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just thought it was going to hopefully hoping it was going to be a more interesting like, kind of exploration of kind of the, the Imperial side of things, and it has not turned out to be that to me. It's I've just, th- I found it pretty interesting. Because I, I just, I mean, a lot, of this, a lot of my impressions of the Empire are built
0: up from being literally like a four- or five-year-old kid, mm. where you're literally brainwashed into believing these people are just freaking evil. They're evil incarnate. And you get a little bit of that. They are.
1: But you don't, though. Like, you start to see another side of some of the people in the Empire. These are still people that have done horrible, horrible things, though. Like, Inferno Squad has done terrible, terrible things. They have. And And they
0: they address that, though.
1: Yeah, they do address that, but I just don't find... I mean, mean, the Rebellion kind of works in the sense of, like, everybody's just up up against this worst thing. And there's a lot of... Rogue One has shown that there's a lot of different opinions in the Rebellion. I mean... There's There are terrible people in there. I mean, that's the point of Rogue One, is, like, the people that join her to do that initial suicide mission are the saboteurs and the assassins and the people that, you know, the, maybe the high-end rebels don't want to admit they associate with, but they are necessary to the war movement. Yeah. But already, I feel like, so far, and I'm only halfway through, so far, like, that is already a more interesting assessment of... of that side of things than Battlefront 2 has had of the other side.
0: You're at the point where things are going to start changing. So I'll, I'll be interested to hear your take once you finish it. You're at the point I'm, in the campaign where things are going... What you're talking about is going to change.
1: I think I'm past that part, and we're just not as... I'm not as impressed by it as you are. Maybe. Because I'm... I am... Like, we apparently don't want to talk about the different characters You've seen you play. The
0: Turning Point, but you yeah. haven't seen how it pays out, pays off, I Mm. guess. It's hard to talk about this without spoiling stuff, so... We'll talk about. We'll probably bring this up next week because the games I, coming out anyway. I'm going to
1: ask you after we're done on, with, with the show's over because I don't care about spoilers. So oh, I just okay. want to know what you're talking about now. All right. But we're not going to say that for the the people at home.
0: Yeah. So I've had a good. Or here, here's the final thing. Buy it. Do people buy this or not?
1: No. No. Like I I can't in good conscience say buy the loot box thing that has the loot boxes pulled. We don't know what it's going to be. The campaign's five hours long. Like, is there's nothing here in tr- that to to make me say go throw 60 bucks at this right now. Like, this is a wait and see if I've ever seen one, basically.
0: I mean, in all honesty, I don't... A lot of the issues with the loot boxes, I get it. I understand why people are upset about it. They don't really bother me all that much. I mean, as far as someone who's just playing the game...
1: Um, it bothers me in the sense it that, they, that... It bothers it me that
0: other developers will emulate. And well, that doesn't, well I, don't, I don't
1: think anyone's going to emulate this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Not I now. think we're good there. Yeah, like yeah. The, the point has been made, but like... The problem I have is that the the loot box integration A it's related to game actual player performance not just aesthetics like that's where yeah. I draw my line on the loot box thing. Well, I, I agree I with you. I don't think and- it's right. And I think they did this even worse than I thought they would. <laughs> and then on top of that, the, the the integration of that system has impacted how satisfying the in-game reward system is. So I feel like you don't get rewarded with enough stuff to feel like you're making steady progress if you're not spending money on it. And Now you can't even spend money on it. So there's no way to feel like you're making steady progress in this game. You, it, it's purely down to, do you enjoy the, like running around shooting people with blasters? And I do. Uh, but the thing is, and the funny thing is, like, back in the day, that was all you had. That was all games were. Yeah. Like, you play the match, do you win the match? Cool, play again. But now that you've added in a sort of upgrade grinding system, you've got to make that be a rewarding part of the game, too. And this game doesn't make that a rewarding part of the game. Even if you take loot boxes out of the equation uh, and all that stuff out, like, they've already shut that down, it still doesn't feel like you're making... Worthwhile progress as you play this game. And I they, agree. And they need to, and I think I they will that. rebalance. I think they will change it. Obviously, that statement yesterday indicates they will. But it's not there yet. And I mean, and it I, right now. It's and like, it's good. I mean, the yeah. the core of it is good, and the, and it's beautiful, and it's. You know, it it's more varied. There's more than four planets this time, thank God. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to do in that regard. I think the DLC modes they might add might be really cool. The Starfighter stuff, we barely talked about the pure starfighter combat. That's great. It is great. I think yeah. that's really fun. It's uh, it feels like a real like a, a kind of a halfway between rogue leader and X-Wing kind of thing in a lot of places. And I feel like they've really nailed that. They did a great job reinventing that. Um but it's, it goes solidly in my stand back, wait and see what they do in the wake of what, you know, the turning off the microtransactions, their statement that we're going to bring them back later, but we're going to reevaluate how we do everything. See what their reevaluation looks like, and then decide if that's something you can live with.
0: I would say the more hardcore you are in a shooter, the less likely you should buy it. I think for casual mm. Star Wars fans, this is their game of the year. I really believe that. If you just want game to. Game of the year of one. Yeah, but seriously, I think if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan and aren't a really hardcore, and I have a lot of friends like this, by the way, because this is one of the games, one of the few games this year that my casual fans have reached out to me, not fans, friends, have reached out to me and said, casual fans. and said, hey, what's up with this? Mm -hmm. And I, after playing this game, I will tell them to buy it a million percent. Like, they literally play like, like my one friend plays like Tiger Woods PGA Golf all the time because he likes golf. Like, that's, he has like three games for his PS4. He, he actually should buy this. Like he mm. is going to love this game. I if, just
1: think you should be ready for a few more calls asking how does this card thing work. The, this whole, the whole. I don't think I even know what that is. That's possible, but like, I, seriously, I think even again, like that's the
0: level I'm talking. But of. even
1: if you take out all the microtransaction problems, like I think the whole progression system is broken and convoluted and poorly explained and. Let's see. It's this guy just... plays
0: like this mobile Star Wars turn-based RPG that he spends like forty dollars a month on, and he's Galaxy totally Heroes. Yeah, yeah, and he's totally fine with it. Like this, these are the type of people I'm talking about. Yeah, but he
1: didn't pay sixty bucks to install that. He do-
0: he doesn't care. Like he's just gonna love this game, Matt. He is going to love it. He's not discerning like us. He doesn't dig deep into games. He's like, can I play as this character, this character, and this character? Can I fly this ship, this ship, and this ship? Can I visit this place, this place, and this place? Check, 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 check. Buy it. That's who I'm saying buys this game without any hesitation. They're going to love it. The more you are into games, the more discerning you are, and in all honesty, most of our audience, to be Mm. perfectly honest, probably should take the wait-and-see approach. But I have had a lot of fun with this, and I am a hardcore shooter guy. I've played every damn shooter that's been released for the last, like, 30 years. And I still had a lot of fun with it. Like, I haven't really dug in my heels over a lot of the stuff other people have. I just really had fun playing this game. I had a lot of fun playing the campaign. So you're right. The starfighting is probably the best part- element of the game right now, mm-hmm. in all from, honesty. From an actual
1: gameplay. And we hardly standard. talked about
0: it, which is a shame. Um, because there's I still nothing had... to complain about. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> It's just good. Right. But I still had a lot of fun with the multiplayer. Uh, I had more fun with the final version of the multiplayer than I did in the beta, which is good. That's an improvement. The lag's mm-hmm. better. And you're right. We're totally in a in a holding pattern on the whole loot box DLC thing. And EA could totally make a left turn and make it even worse than it was before.
1: Um, I mainly want. I mean, I don't I don't want to buy any loot boxes. I just want them to rebalance the in game reward system so it rewards you properly for regular play.
0: No, you're right. And that's why I started to wane on the multiplayer because I was like, what Mm -hmm. am I exactly getting out of this? Once I had played all the maps. I had used most of the hero and villain characters. I had used most of the vehicles. I was kind of left with, now what? Mm Because you're right. You don't really get a sense of accomplishment. And I'm worried that,
1: like, so I've got enough credits right now to to unlock Darth Vader. And I'm worried that once I do that... They're going to lower the price? No, I'm going to stop playing. Because I don't have anything else to work towards. Right. Because I don't care about opening Luke up.
0: So I think a lot of it just depends on what kind of player you are. Some people will buy this game who don't play shooters hardly at all. Mm-hmm. This is like the one shooter they buy every two years or whatever, and I think for that purpose, it's good.
1: All things considered... You're not
0: play another shooter ever again after this right. one. Right. Well, all <laughs> things
1: considered, I would I would encourage EA to look into alternate routes in terms of who makes these games going forward. Like how I'd, about, lo- or, I'd love it if Respawn's game was Battlefront That's threat. what I was
0: about to say. What?
1: Why don't you just let
0: Respawn make yeah. it, or just duplicate Respawn's policies? Seems to make too much sense. So, anyway, it's time for our trailer of the week. And it has been a terrible week for trailers. (laughs) Well, they're not like, they're all holding them right now for PSX and for the Game Awards. So it makes sense that we're not getting much. Uh, But there was one trailer that broke a pretty big story this week that I was pretty shocked to see. Uh, And that is a trailer for the Injustice 2 Fighter Pack 3. Uh, For those of you who haven't seen this, I'm not going to spoil it for you. When we come back, I'm going to have some questions about this, Mm though. I have no idea how this is going to work. Uh, For those of you guys who are always on the stream, now's the time to get your questions in. Make sure you go at Sifted Games in the chat so we can pluck them out of all the other conversation really easily. Uh, But here it is. The the trailer for the Fighter Pack 3 for Injustice 2. (laughs) The magic lady. We fight as a team, Mikey.
2: Fine.
0: So there you go. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming to Injustice 2. How does that even work?
1: Um. Are they gonna be four licenses? separate characters or one character? It's one character, but like it sounds like they might you might be able to swap them out or something. I don't think they've elaborated crazy. on how that works. Yeah, I mean that was not nobody thought that was coming. Yeah, it's really shocking. Like, since but you Ninja, know, well, it li- doesn't make sense really. I mean, they weren't DC, right? No, they're not DC. Yeah, they're uh, but licenses can change a lot of things. Apparently, that's mind
0: blowing. Uh, let's get to some questions here. Uh, w. Matthew always asks great questions. What if Disney says, screw you, EA, and gives a license to another publisher or studio? What would you want that studio to be? Um, I vote for Obsidian. Um, uh, that's not me. That's what he said, by the way.
1: Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, I Like I said before, I would prefer that Lucas star, Lucasfilm kind of, you know, Give their game division, internal game division, reign to sort of contract developers and let Disney handle the publication and distribu- distribution. Uh, I can't think of a major publisher that I would trust with that license right now. I wouldn't want Activision to do it. I wouldn't want Square Enix to do it. Uh, I wouldn't want. Um,
0: huh. I wouldn't want
1: to lock it. I wouldn't want to lock it into Microsoft or Sony because it's it's an exclusive thing, and you want Star Wars to have as wide a distribution as possible. Um, what about Ubisoft? Hmm, maybe that's probably the best choice of any. I just Ubisoft stuff is so homogenous that I'd be worried about them making. But um, Ubisoft has proven that it can make good
0: to great games in every genre. True. Um shooters, strategy games, action adventures, action RPGs. So if there's any publisher that I would at least feel somewhat at ease with, it would probably be Ubi.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess it would be the least objectionable option yeah, of the triple A's. <laughs> Yeah. But um I don't know. I mean we're not gonna have to worry about it for a because the the deal is the deal goes through twenty twenty three. So long
0: ways to go. Um OTAPs, what gaming awards show do you think is the most prestigious?
1: Um probably either the DICE Awards or the uh, Game Developers Choice Awards. GDC for me. Yeah. Game Developers Choice. So if the developers are choosing their peers, right. who knows better? Than game developers, right. who's making the best games? I mean, that's what the Oscars and the Emmys and the that's what those are. It's like right. the Academies are the the artists choosing their peers and yeah. recognizing their peers. And so the GDC awards are really the closest equivalent to the Oscars we, ha- we have in the industry.
0: I mean, their production values are pretty poor. Right. But, I mean, they should probably put some money into them and make go, them better. Go, but... go,
1: go look at photos of early Oscar telecasts. It was yeah. literally just a dinner. Yeah, yeah. It was a You're dinner right. and there were statues on a long table and they just, like, hand them out and people come. All right, thank you. Like, oh, <laughs> a... Got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, it, it's, it's still in the infancy. GDC for me, definitely.
0: Um... Eric Estrada, 12, people seem to be expecting great things from PSX, but Sony has stated that they only have a small presentation on Friday night and not having a game showcase for Saturday since Paris Games Week just happened. What do you guys think? Uh, should, shouldn't have to wait for PSX instead of showing all their stuff for PGW.
1: Paris Games Week. Um, Seems to have worked out okay for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, they made a big splash at Paris Games Week. Now they're going to follow it up with PSX. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a little something-something in the game yeah, awards be as well. Yeah. I think overall that kind of 3 prong strategy for Sony is really smart because it gives Sony that big push at the end of the year when everyone's deciding which console am I going to buy? Mm. I mean, right now, people... I just made my Christmas list yesterday and everybody's kind of made, figuring out like, what console am I going to get? And uh, I think it's really smart that Sony has kind of shifted its focus from the beginning of the year and some of the events in the middle of the year to kind of own... November and December every year. Mm-hmm. Uh this is when people are making the tough decisions. This is when most hardware gets sold. So I think it's smart what Sony's doing.
1: Yeah. Agreed? Yeah, I got no no complaints with what Sony's doing. Oh uh, here's
0: one. Wolfox ten J C Matt's thoughts on JL. Watching it on Monday.
1: Uh um, we talked about this before the show started, so I'll let Matt go. Uh it's fine. Like it's not nearly as terrible as all the really mean reviews make it sound, and I say it as someone who thinks *Man of Steel* and *Batman vs. Superman* are two of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, the thing is, it's got three main problems, I think, and we'll you'll see if you what you think when you see it. Is that um, it has to make it has to get you to care about and be interested in three characters you've never seen before: uh, Flash, Cyborg, and Aquaman. Uh, it seems to be a sequel to a movie that never happened because a lot of the characters as they're written and performed in this movie are completely different from how they've been portrayed superman in particular is utterly not the superman that was in man, <laughs> man of steel and batman versus superman which is great That's because fine. he's much more like <laughs> superman like i mean yeah. it's a course correction and it's there but you're like watching this and you're like that has nothing That's to not do with guy. what i just watched. <laughs> like everyone's all like mourning and upset that superman died in batman versus superman it's like why, like yeah. the guy was a dick,, but now like you'll see like the very first shot they're trying to rebuild the idea of Superman as a happy like fun someone dude. you actually want someone, someone you, you want, want, to <laughs> want to be around yeah um, and the third one is basically like um it's kind of an abridged version of its own story, like it feels like it was supposed to be longer, but they didn't want to risk a longer runtime uh but overall like and the like the third act is just another big you know cluster of like not oh, building up the seat for stuff. the sequel yeah. it's kind of the whole movie is kind of like act 1 is a whole hour and then the second act the second half is like act 3 and there's no middle to yeah. it really so it feels kind of disjointed but overall like everybody acted like I'd expect those characters to act it kind of hangs together more or less well if you don't think about it too hard and like I, I walked out not feeling like I'd kind of pretty much seen the Justice League I mean it wasn't on the, the heights that Avengers hit in terms of kind of like bringing these characters together and making it a, a rollicking kind of wow I was really impressed by that But it was like I felt like I'd seen a movie made by people who have once read those damn comic books That's good And it that's brought a, it That's a start <laughs> and there's a, not, you know, stay for the end of the credits. There's a, there's a cool teaser at the very end of the credits that, because uh, it does the Marvel thing where, like, there's a, there's a little bonus thing at the end of the first chunk of the credits. And at the end of all the credits, there's another thing that's a, there's a hook for, like, the future movies. The trouble is, the next movie that would cap- be able to capitalize that won't be out until 2020 at the earliest. So we're kind of in a mode of Star Wars game situation where even if Justice League has managed to kind of build this momentum in a positive direction for the DC Extended Universe, they're not going to be able to do anything about that for two or three years. Oh, geez. Because the next DC movie is Aquaman in December next year. So it's 13 months with no DC movie until then. Meanwhile, in that same gap, Marvel's going to put out at least nine movies and finish their first ten years in the making, like, epic story arc thing. Right. So it's like, it feels like maybe you're going to, like, y- you got to hope if you're Warner Brothers that the end of the Thanos Infinity Stone thing doesn't also mark the end of the superhero boom right like after you which it very that, well could it could i mean after you finish that story do people still care beyond that and i think the answer is probably yes probably but a been, smaller audience though i don't know like if you make people care about these characters they'll come back to see these characters over and over again whether or not the story's any good uh which is you know, most of the Marvel movies do still follow that same structure with a different genre trapping and a blue light shooting in the sky yeah. at the end of the movie, and people go back to see these characters again. Yeah. So if you can make that hook work, I think you've got the feud. But basically, like, I don't know if a follow-up to Just- Justice League is going to kindle that that you know that spark again if it's not still going. So it's going to be interesting to see if. They can really turn this into a a pivot moment, and it's going a lot of it's gonna rest on Aquaman, uh, which is not a follow up to Justice League really because it's already been shot, it's already been done, probably changed a lot in post. But Aquaman in this movie is very likable and very much being played in the kind of the genre, the, the the vein of the kind of a drunken Thor character. And he's funny. He's he's I love he's, that really, actor. he's a lot of fun. J- Jason Momo is really great at him. Great-ism. You get to see him really be you know, kind of open up and care Usually he's kind of a stoner, a badass guy. No, he's like super fun in this. Well, I've seen and, him on a couple of
0: talk shows this week, and I'm like, ah, that's not the guy yeah, that I thought he was. Totally. Yeah. I mean, he's not
1: Cal Drogo in yeah, this movie yeah. at all. Crazy. And uh, so uh, I think I think there's a real chance. The Aquaman solo movie could end up being the best DC movie in in the DC ever. Cinematic Universe. <laughs> not ever. You're
0: not going to top some of the right. Stuff some of the together. Batman stuff. Yeah.
1: That's the oh. Also, that's the other thing. Is like Danny Elfman did the music for this movie, and the Batman theme shows up. Really. And his Batman theme shows up, and this and the uh, John Williams Superman theme is in there. Wow. A, a little bit, tiny bit. So should people go see it? Um, if you're interested, y- yeah. Like maybe give it a try. Like if you, if you and Matt look, May, man, maybe. Little, guessy, yeah, a little nah, yeah, but look, man, I hated Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. I think everyone hated Batman. I, oh Superman. no, they didn't. There's, really? It has its defenders, believe wow. it or not. that's crazy. Standards can get real low, but I thought this movie was fine. Like, I thought that you know the the villain is a total throwaway, but hey, that's nothing new for these these star- superhero movies. So, like, if like if you want to see some Justice League action on the big screen, this might be your only chance so i would I would give it a recommend it, but keep your expectations where they are, you know kind of thing but i I thought it was fine. It's a good year for DC movies between Lego Batman and this and Wonder Woman like I think they're they're batting their're batting average is pretty good right now, yeah uh, next question from let's see
0: somebody in here FF8 Master C any plans to pick up a 4K HDR TV this Black Friday? Me, no, because I'll be right here streaming our Patreon drive. Uh, So, uh, that's semantics, obviously. I I don't have to buy it on Friday. I think you're asking in general, are we getting a 4K TV uh, this holiday season? Um, I actually have one here at work. I don't have one at home. Hmm. Um, Am I going to move this to the house? Probably not. I'll probably leave it here. Um, Am I buying another TV? No, I'm not.
1: Um, I am probably going to pick up... uh... 4K? One of those LG, uh, the B7 or the C7, depending on which one I can find for which lower price. Nice. But that, w- that won't be right away, though. I'm, I'm so you're just... not going to get
0: it this holiday season? Maybe. I'm, look- I'm just looking at it. How, how have the prices gone down for Black Friday sales
1: for that? Have you seen any? I haven't seen any yet, so that's kind of one of the things I'm waiting for. But right now, like the, you can get a C7 for about 2500 bucks. Okay. Which is like, I mean, the C7 is one of the most gorgeous oh, yeah. panels you'll ever see. You yeah. know? Like, it's, it's, I think it was described by one of my friends who saw it as looking into the face of God. And, uh, yeah, it looks good. It looks <laughs> damn good.
0: It's crazy to describe electronics that way. Okay, one or two more questions. Um, the Abram, which will sell more in November, Pokemon or Battlefront? Both came out today, so it's a fair battle. <sighs> I'm going to say Ooh, Pokemon. that's a
1: good question. I'm going to say Pokemon.
0: I'm although, not. I'll say Battlefront. Although, because traditionally,
1: it's... the third Pokemon, like, the Pokemon update has sold substantially less than the initial offering. Yeah, so. I'm
0: going to go Battlefront.
1: I don't know. I'm I think it'll be close, though. I'm interested Even though to see. it's just like kind of a rework of Sun and Moon. But yeah. I think it'll still be close. Interested to see. I mean, Pokemon might be in an economy of scale, just in terms of the install base of the 3DS. That's but true. Like, I don't know. I'm interested to see if Battlefront's sales are impacted at all by uh, the news reports and all this, all the bad publicity, but at the same time, I and mean, we just saw that it didn't hurt Shadow of War at all. Yep. It's true. Uh, clearly, Battlefront 2's got to a higher level of media coverage, but Uh, I don't get the impression that people are all that concerned in general.
0: All right, here's the last question from Derek D111. Why are the bad faces in Battlefront 2 just whatever, but in Mass Effect they were the worst thing ever? Uh, Because the faces in Battlefront 2 are way better than the faces in Mass Effect, I think. They're not that much better.
1: Um, I think they're drastically better. I don't. There's nothing glitchy about them oh uh, this here and there but also i mean there's not like it's not like the shots of shepherd going or not shepherd uh rider going like right? yeah. the wrong place they're not stuff. glitchy that's what I'm right saying. but like they still have that frostbite look where like the the, dead the, look. the skin yeah. looks like paper and yeah. it looks like you know madden has this really bad too where yeah. like the skin looks like there's no moisture or oil on it. It doesn't look like a human. And like, and then Madden has the eye thing, too. Where like, They're just terrible. The, the whites of the eyes are pure white. Yeah. And they just don't look like an actual <laughs> organism would ever have them. And like, yeah. there's some of that happening in Battlefront 2. I think the weirdest thing about it is I've never seen that kind of problem in DICE's work before. Because their engine, you know, they built it. It felt, felt like, like Battle, Battlefield 1 doesn't have that to me like it feels they look very good and this just i i feel like they they barely made the two year deadline on this game they did
0: you know what else dice makes terrible campaigns typically yeah i think this is
1: battlefront 2's campaign is the best campaign dice has ever made um i wonder if that's what motive was working on i, mean, I wonder Maybe. if the campaign had other it was not dice it might be there's a little there yeah. is a little because the only other dice campaign i've ever really liked was bad company too yep that's it so. and that was all because of writing pretty much right really good writing so
0: all right that's it for our q a it's time for a word from our sponsor sifters xreturns.com is coming closer and closer to launch We have even more in store for you throughout the rest of the holiday season. Not only are we going to make video game sales commission-free throughout the holidays, we're making every other category commission-free as well. Sign up at XReturns.com to swap or shop for holiday gifts for your loved ones without any added costs. All we ask is you share XReturns.com on social media so your friends and families can become part of the community too. We're looking forward to building a great community with you in the new year, Happy holidays from Extra Turns. So there you go. What did I call it earlier? One o ten in the books. Yeah. (laughs) Game phase one o ten in the books. One o ten. Yep. That's uh, that's it for the show. Uh, Don't forget next Friday, same place, same time, plus more. We doing a Patreon drive stream, trying to get it up to that six thousand dollar total. Same
1: time or same or noon?
0: Well, at this time we will be streaming. Right. So yeah, same time next week. It'll be a start around noon though, and going at least from noon till midnight next Friday, uh, and probably later. We'll see how I hold up. I will not have uh, the wife coming this time, however, to bring mm. me supplies to help me get over the hump. She's actually going home for Thanksgiving while I'm staying here. Uh, to handle this stream, so I,
1: I can see if I can try to come by and and bring you something to play. All right. Um, can you have a? it PS- be like
0: Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Can you have maybe a? Maybe P- I'll set
1: up a camera by the door yeah. when you walk in. You have a PS3? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. You bring a PS3, I'll bring you something weird.
0: Okay. And maybe I'll try to get Brent in here too, and have him stop by maybe for a little bit. Try to get some people to stop by so it's not just me sitting here playing games all the time. But uh, I will be here, and we will be driving for that Patreon goal. So thanks for watching, as always. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.